Hi guys, it's your favourite boys here. It's uh, Marvelous Mike Ashworth and Brian Bradshaw, Das Actung Kid. Um, we're here for our first read second watch along episode uh, of the Nitrogen podcast. Sadly, as we've so- spoke about before, the first one went, fell by the wayside after a, a computer hiccup. But we are 100% confident that's not going to happen this time. And what we're going to do is we're going to watch along Super Bowl 6 from 1996. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to this one, Brian. How about you? Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, if uh, Clash of the Champions is anything to go by, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, I hope you've got your beer in hand and beer at ready. Uh, everybody at home as well. I mean, you guys, primarily Brian. I mean, to make sure that Brian's a little bit tipsy for this because you know, sometimes you do need a little bit of alcohol to get through a WCW pay per view. <laughs> I, I, that's the funny thing. I don't have a beer at hand, but I went for a couple of be- uh, beers after work and I was in work at 5 o'clock this morning. It's now 10 to 7. I've not, I've not had a, uh, an app or anything. Um, I'm feeling it, so I'm ready. Oh, fair enough. Well, uh, listen, you're going to love what I've got here. Uh, it's called Roaster Coaster, and it's uh, it's a, a joint brew from Brewdog and Evil Twin Brewery, and it's a Nitro Imperial Vietnamese coffee stout. Ooh, that it's sounds... Poured like a, a proper coffee. You know um, you know the top of a coffee when you get going to a coffee shop and they do that leaf and everything like that? It poured just like that into the glass, and then it's settled. It kind of looks like Guinness now, like kind of fizzy Guinness because of the, the um, because of the nitro but I'm looking forward to fucking tasting this bad boy I tell you that much uh, my mouth is watering right now yeah <laughs> uh, for people that don't... I'll have to find out where my mate got it from because I have no fucking idea and obviously, obviously I presume you can get it at Brewdog and Evil Twin but I need to find out if there's somewhere local it just sounds like the best and worst drink combined right it will, <laughs> it will give you a kick but then it will knock you to sleep yeah, yeah. I mean, alcohol and coffee. I've had it before. It's, it's all good. Ah, yeah. The um, the espresso cocktails that we had in Liverpool. Mm, espresso martinis. Uh, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, firm favourite. They also do that at number 39s now, just so you know. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> just <laughs> don't get me started, mate. Seriously. I've been, no, popping it. I've been popping in there every day after work. I'm literally like 30 seconds away from there. So yeah. I don't I don't want to be doing that. It it, it will be a bad habit that a very it's bad dangerous, habit. Dangerous stuff after your third or fourth one. Really dangerous stuff. It's dangerous stuff before I've had my first. <laughs> right. Well, we're we're ready to jump in, guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to count down from three, and then what you've got to do is hit your tablet, hit your phone, hit your laptop, hit your smart TV, hit your Xbox, hit your PS4, whatever you're playing it on. Yeah. Um, hit play. Don't down. actually physically hit it. We don't recommend that. As long as we're not liable, I can give a shit what you do with your f- f- paraphernalias. <laughs> right, in three, two, one, let's do this. And I get a really fucking long buffer. Oh, there we go. We're up. Yeah. Cage match. <laughs> I just like the graphics are appalling. I just like the subtitles music. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't specify what music. With a sound down, this could be. It 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 could be Metallica's "For Whom the Bell Tolls" for all like for all I know. And yeah, it's just music. Okay, so opening up there, it's said that both Hulk Hogan and the Giant and Ric Flair and Macho Man Randy Savage are in a steel cage each, which means that we're not going to get two 
cages next to each other we're going to get one cage so when it, when they were saying oh it's there's going to be double cage madness or whatever it was on nitro and now the, the question has been answered oh not public enemy versus nasty boys again oh, really did you see that render of conan he looked like one of the young bucks uh, yes he did <laughs> he did a little bit uh, we've also got ddp and johnny b bad in a six million dollar challenge of some sort Oh, this arena looks fantastic. Wow. It, it does look good. It's got Madison Square Garden's vibes to it. Definitely. In St. Petersburg, Florida. It kind of felt like opposite ends of the spectrum there. St. Petersburg and then Florida. Oh, what a commentary team. Yes. Tony Schiavone, was... Bobby Heenan and Dusty Rhodes. All suited and booted apart from Dusty who's got jeans on. Would you have it any other way? No. It, Definitely. It, it speaks volumes for the man. He's a working man. He doesn't need nobody. Uh, Three-piece cage. I do kind of miss the... Uh, I am going to miss... Although, to be fair, we can't hear it. We've got the captions on. Um, so it's a bit unfortunate that we can't hear Mongo McMichael and Heenan going back and forth again. Still. Mongo's not here, so... No... Still, still. well, you never know, it might be. It might just randomly turn up at ringside. How long? I'm still laughing from the other day. I'm still laughing from them nitros where... Uh, oh, we get a violin play from, from Heenan there. Um, we are talking over these captions. But hey, oh. it's like a double date. It's a double header. We're going to see two in a cage, and we're going to see a new world's champion. And we're going to see the we're end of Hulk Hogan. I'm ready for this. <laughs> yeah, don't get your hearts up too much, Brian. It ain't gonna happen. So, street fight to start off with because they didn't learn any lessons from the non-broken table in the Clash of the Champions bout. What the hell are they doing? Are they like the second Nitro Girls? Yeah, that, Nitro Girls? that was weird. It kind of just looked like a couple of fans had jumped the barricade and just stood next, side, uh, next to the ringside just... Dancing around yeah. <laughs> the set looks pretty elaborate. It, it's nothing special. You got the big silver curtain. I think it's silver, and you so. you've just got a bit of rigging with lights. But it 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 does look quite nice. I like that. Hooters. Somebody with a Hooters shirt on. I um almost got barred from Hooters once. In fact, we don't know if we're allowed back. Fucking hell, Mark! You cannot. Leave it at that. What happened? <laughs> um, I've only ever been to one Hooters once, and it's the one that's in Nottingham. It's the only one in the UK, as far as I'm aware. Um, went there with a couple of mates, and uh, we ordered a round of drinks each because it's near the train station. So we thought, well, we'll nip in, you know, see see what's going on. And um, the girl who was taking our order ended up getting sort of waylaid with another table. We'd already drunk our drinks, but what they do is you pay at the end. You don't pay at the beginning, or you don't pay when you order. And um, the girl was like, she's in some sort of, you know, disagreement with the table about how much something cost, or what if the food were bad, or whatever. And we had to go. We had to bail for this train because if we didn't get that train, we weren't coming back on time. And we'd have been staying another night in Nottingham, which ain't the worst thing in the world. But we all had work in the morning, and we hadn't booked it off, so we bailed. Uh, we didn't pay for the drinks, we just bailed. Fucking hell. So, 
we, we're a bit worried that we might be on a poster on the uh, shop window. <laughs> Do not allow these people in. But anyway, speaking of disagreements with the tables, we have got Nasty Boys vs. Public Enemy here. Yes, oh, still. What a segue. Definitely the first of many hilarious things to happen on Clash of the Champions. The table. Oh, and here comes the fucking table. Oh, what a shocker. Uh, so it's rock or rock with a table. Right. And it's a, it's a gimmick table. So hopefully, hopefully we can actually figure out who the fuck is who in this. The guy with the... Uh, with the brown Dreads. dreadlocks is Rock yep. or Rock. I'll try to. Oh, he's getting walloped with that chair. Oh my god! This is the worst episode of Rocko's Modern Life. Rocko's Modern Life. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you see that cell? He gets his head bumped against the table and he just walks on his knees. <laughs> head, unprotected headshot? Oh, no. Jesus Christ. Oh, no, it's, it's fucking nasty. Oh, we're not selling. Oof. There we go. Eww. These are some stiff shots. Yeah, these guys aren't fucking about. So we've got ECW versus... Well, Nasty Boys were in ECW as well, weren't they, at one point? Were they? They must have been, surely. If the Nasty Boys weren't in ECW, then I'll be fucking yeah, shocked. Yeah, I'll be very surprised. They're a perfect fit. And uh, Johnny Grunge has got the number 69 on the back of his shirt. Very topical. That's the age I want to die. <laughs> it's also the way that I want to die. Oh, uh, we're going to see me. No, no, we're not. There goes Rock or Rock through a table, and he's selling. It's gone through. Jesus Christ, he's selling that like it's the worst pain ever. It's the worst bump. But we've seen a wor- even worse table bump than that in the last one. They didn't they did sell it that like that. Fucking hell. No. Uh, here comes the trash can. It's actually full of trash. Well, confirmation. The Nasty Boys were never in ECW. That's a bit of a shocker to me. Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely stunned about that. So this is this is an ECW team versus the Nasty Boys. and It's almost as if the Nasty Boys are... I mean... I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. This is just... They're not protecting the head from anything. The right hands there from from um, saggy knobs. Uh, <laughs> I like how you've taken that name. You have to, don't you? Because I so Jerry Sags is the one with brown hair. Brian Knobs is the one with blonde hair. Emphasis. So it's Brian Knobs. Em- Brian Knobs was giving some right hands there to Rock or Rock, and they look shoot. Back in the ring now. The one that's not rock or rock is just comatose in the middle of the ring. Jerry Sags has brought in a, a trash can. The one, the other guy is Johnny Grunge. Johnny Grunge. I'll try and remember that for the next forty-five seconds of this match. Yeah, I'll try as well. That's when the finish comes. Uh, Power driver onto the uh, onto the trash can. Do we think? The fans are standing everywhere. They want to see it. I mean. It's now we're in split screen mode. One, yeah, two. It, it's making it quite difficult. You to can't watch. have a rope break in a hardcore match, you fucking moron! Oh no! You can't do it. What's the fucking point? Stupid fucking Bischoff! 
whoever's fucking writing and booking and fucking deciding all this shit. What the fuck? Seriously. We're going to fucking rope break rules in a fucking hardcore match. Get a fucking grip, you child molesters. Bloomingdale, this is as hot as you've ever been on this podcast, and we're nine minutes into Super Bowl. Oh mate, I, you've got to you've got to follow the rules, man. We got hot about the the over the top disqualification rule thing, the over the top oh, rope yeah. thing. I got hot about that as well. I just can't stand in con- in continuity when it comes to rules. I'll have a sip of my beer now. I fucking earned it. I'm calling them child molesters. Jesus Christ. To be fair, that's my go-to insult um, when I'm playing Xbox Live. And i got to be honest, you'd love that beer. Oh, you'd really like that. It's warmed my heart. (laughs) One of the subtitles said, Bob's, not Bob's. Bob's. So I've kind of always wondered this about wrestling. Uh, if I ever got, um, if I ever got seats or tickets to a wrestling event, and I ended up, so where the guardrail is to the far left hand side here, uh, right at the back, you can't see the ring. You, you you can't see fuck all really. This is just not. Oh, for fuck's sake! It it even adds to the inconsistencies here because on the subtitles, whoever's commentating saying pinfalls anywhere. And it's like, yeah, but you can't, you you can't, you can break a pin with a rope in the ring, but it's yeah, it's pin, it, it uh, falls count anywhere. Yeah, ridiculous, stupid shit already. Yes. So yeah, very much so. Just takes you out of the fucking moment, doesn't it? It takes you out of the mood because you can see something like that. I'm not a fan of this camera angle here. No, they're trying to get everything in, aren't they? But it's yeah, it's, it, it looks messy. It's filmed in four three. It's old school, so it's standard definition. It's so far away, and the split screen's not. Oh, fucking! So, is he vertical suplexed? Uh, <laughs> he, he did. Wow. Okay. Wrestling with a table and rock or rock, <laughs> just not sold it. Yeah, no, sold it. <laughs> Right, you're on split screen now. We can see the same thing in each fucking split. You know what I mean? You need to just get back. There we go. Go back to one. There we go. Well, this ain't no five-star classic, is it, really? No, this is a definition of a clusterfuck. And not in the good way, either. You said that on the last episode, except you didn't say not in a good way. In the best way. Yeah, Yeah, this is the opposite. It's the antithesis of that. Okay, so you're going to split away from this even though somebody's going super high risk. So Brian Nobbs is on the table and we're going to say Rocco Rock has gone up the top of the merch wall. Oh, it's another table that's it's cleanly brought. <laughs> what but the fuck was Nobbs doing with that? It- falling over. <laughs> he got the pin as well. <laughs> right. So clarify. For crying out loud. <laughs> Rock I just hear that Rock or in Heenan's voice for crying out loud. Yeah, that's exactly how we yeah. feel as Rock well. Rock or Rock, he tried to do what well, like a sense sent him bomb. He fucked it up. He went through the table. The table broke in half. 
and Brian Nobbs got up with a piece of the table in his hands, fell over, and landed <laughs> on Rock or Rock and got the pinfall. Oh, man. This is like a compilation of WWF hardcore matches. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to see the sent on through the table. Clean break for the... Th- clean break? Dangerous, actually, when you think about he it. He could have gone right into that leg. <laughs> Fuck you. Nobbs genuinely falls over. Yeah. Like, genuinely. And he nearly, he nearly but he stabbed himself in the eye with one of the table legs. That's how wow. bad it was. So that was... Pretty hilarious because we can't take that seriously, but could have also caused some significantly serious injuries, i.e. like an eye. Yeah, but it's brain knobs. Couldn't happen to a better guy, could it? No, it couldn't really. I mean I'd be I'd be all for it. We're back to me and Gene Auckland here who's like, Thank fuck I'm not at the little white chapel in Las Vegas, Nevada. That reminds me, I really need to get that little Funko pop of Mean Gene. Oh, yes. And then I have to look that up. Talk to your favourite WCW star. $1.49 per minute on option two. Uh, so who do I want to talk to? I want to talk to... Hmm, let's think. I want to talk to Chris Benoit. I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. So they blurred it out. Yeah, they blurred out the number, but the subtitle came up with the number anyway. Yeah, so the commentaries already the commentary said it over the top, even though they blurred the number out. WWE, well done. Fucking oh, hell. here comes Conan. Is he US? When did champion? Conan win the US title? Yeah. So he's gone from being the Mexican champion to the United States champion. Well, that's around the world, around the world. It'd be European champion next. <laughs> I'm just quickly... Right, what the fuck is Conan doing here? He's cutting a promo, but he's not even looking into the camera. He's looking down. Do you think he's looking at himself? People do this when they take selfies. Yeah. It pisses me right off. Um, Conan defeated One Man Gang for the United States Heavyweight Championship on January 29th, 1996. The, the, really? Like, really? So, really? Mean Gene's sympathised. Again, he is the United States champion. Like, even he's in disbelief. I mean, okay then. So, he won it, basically, on Nitro. Except he won it in a dark match. I, oh, I, I looked for dark matches, and I could, well, I couldn't find any. So, our, our our fault, guys. You know, apparently we missed something. Who is this? Kimberly Page here. Ah, it is. Sorry. Kim, Kimberly Bad. I barely recognised her. Because well, she's got her clothes on. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Obviously, she's been with Johnny B. Bad for a while. And we've not seen Johnny B. Bad for a while, although he's still the television champion. We haven't seen DDP for a while either. True. The last person... No, no, I can't remember actually. They went through like a phase of facing each other like fifteen times. Yeah, and the last then... the last time we saw DDP on TV, if they're Sting. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're right. And we've not seen Johnny be bad for a while. Nope. Kimberly is Kimberly's like fucking stupidly athletic and seems to have 
slightly mugged macho man. This is a very 90s dance as well. Ouch. Yeah. It always amazes me how anybody can do that. Like, women, I can, I can understand how they can do the splits. The men, men, that's like a banana split. Yeah, it, I was going to say, hey, oh, I, could, I used to be able to do that, but oh. we all know that's a lie. So the Frisbees thing. Johnny B. Bad's throwing Frisbees into the uh, into the audience. I'm pretty sure in the 90s, Frisbees wouldn't have been as popular. It's like it's like nowadays, like if you're on TV and you decide, fuck it, you know, I'm just going to play with your yo-yo and then toss it into the crowd. Right? It, it just doesn't translate, does it? Not really. So Johnny B. Bad's handed the um, T-shirt cannon to Kimberly. And that's full of bad books. Oh, it's a confetti, confetti gun, yeah. Yeah. And they're all blowing back towards the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have absolutely no context about this match whatsoever. Um, they've not promoted it on Nitro, and yet here we are. She's fucking ridiculously athletic. Fair play to her. Very roll um, tide at this point as well. Roll tide, nice. Excellently, excellently put. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't lie. I, I, going through this at the age that I was, he definitely had a crush on Kimberly Page. It was hard not to. I mean, how the fuck Diamond Dallas Page pulled that? Just the biggest, best salesman in the history of professional wrestling, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. And I, I, I think I brought this up on the podcast. She was in the forty-year-old virgin. She you did, of, yeah. yeah. And even then, this was like, what, 2004, 2005. And granted, yeah, she did have a tit out. But even then, you look at her then, and she's still what, absolutely gorgeous. And she's in her mid-40s, maybe early 50s at that point. Hmm. Hmm. And you can tell as well, all natural, no plastic surgery in that face. Yeah. So DDP's come down with a bouquet of roses again. Looks like the same one that was from like six weeks ago. Kimberly is like, no, 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 no. DDP's manhandling her a little bit, and here we go. And We're I, getting started. And apparently, this is a six million dollar challenge. Yes, yes. Again, like I said, we've no context. Why would you There's wrestle literally... if you won this match? Why would you wrestle again? It's like fuck it. It is the title. I'm off. Well, the gimmick is that that uh, because he's the diamond stud, isn't he? Uh, diamond Dallas Page is is like a multi millionaire. Isn't that six million is like loose change to him apparently? Okay, well that's really weird considering that I've always heard him being the working man. Like that that's where what I've always referenced him as. But then mm. again, that's post this gimmick, really, isn't it? Yeah. So what what happens? Does does it become bankrupt? Well, you know, you, you'll have to keep watching. <laughs> but it'll probably happen on Saturday night and we'll not get any fucking context anyway, so fuck it. It'll happen in a dark match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Against Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, these guys have faced each other so much. I mean, somebody must have been seeing this and going, Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do this fifty thousand times. Nice, nice drop kick. It's uh, the nice John Cena drop. versus Randy Orton of the nineties, really, isn't it? It is pretty much, yeah. You get one good match and you think, okay, so every match is gonna be good. That's not how it works. I mean Although I mean you look at Randy Orton now, I mean the guy Oh, he's in the segueing. Peak. What a fucking he's just the fucking master now in Yeah, he's the this is the thing with Randy Orton, is that a lot for a large part of his career he's just 
phoned it in. You can tell when he's not happy with an angle right like that. But right now, he's been given so much leeway and he's enjoying himself. He DDP is offering somebody out in the crowd. He's the offering definition of a heel right now. He is. Like he is. Ha- it's hard to be a heel in this day and age, and there's only two people who I th- who who I believe can pull it off: him and MJF. MJF, yeah, good shout. And I think MJF is just legitimately a dick, and that's oh, why he M- makes it work. So here's the thing about MJF: you can go on Cameo and you can get a video. You know, you might have seen my Twitter where I was going off on Cameo basically, um, and I went onto the wrestling page, and the highest priced person is MJF. £415 to get a video from MJR. And people and were complaining about Alexa Bliss charging $400. I mean... It's it's still a lot of money. You've got yeah. to be you've got to be honest, haven't you? I mean, because oh, yeah, I, it I, it I can get Bushwhacker Luke for 25 quid. <laughs> and let's be honest, Bushwhacker Luke has paid more dues to the wrestling business than Alexa Bliss. And the only reason Alexa Bliss is charging that much is because she's hot. Yeah. Which, it's the only reason. Which is quite then, funny you, because someone actually paid four hundred dollars just to ask her out, and she said no. Wow. Yeah. Four hundred four hundred dollars to be rejected. Yeah. Well fucking done, sir. Well done. I mean, you could you, prostitute, man, prostitute, and you can get them to dress up as Harley Quinn. It's close enough. I, anyway, I, I do. I, going I, back to um. I want on. to get a cameo from the Bushwhackers now. I mean, granted, for the most part, they're just going to spend time licking the camera. You know, but... Um, it's only Luke. I thought the other one were dead. No, they're both still alive. It's definitely only Luke. Oh, Luke's the only one that Luke. I saw yesterday. That's a um, shame. But yeah, no, they're both still alive. I, I forget what the other guy's called, to be honest with you. It is... Uh, oh, I don't know. Is it Bushwhacker Butch? That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, completely fucking just sort of glossing over this match. Um, going back to Randy Orton there, uh, we'll carry on talking about Cameo in a minute. Uh, re- going back to Randy Orton, so Randy Orton repli- replied to a tweet about maybe two months ago saying that he was honoured that one of the NXT people uh, had asked him if they could use his finishing move. Randy Orton never asked DDP if uh, he could use his finishing move. <laughs> the hypocrisy is large in this one. <laughs> and there were also that story that um, Steve Austin had to ha- have a word with DDP because they both started using the cutter in different variations, obviously, but they started using the cutter at the se- around the same time and they were both claiming right. ownership to it. And they just agreed to... You know, because because Steve Austin did his different, they just agreed to get on with it, basically. Well, that's good, isn't it? That's good. That's a sort of you know a wrestler taking care of a wrestler in in that sort of retrospect. The the my favorite DDP story has definitely got to be um, the fact that he sued Jay Z and won. Ah, <laughs> yes. That is the one in it. The diamond cutter symbol. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Unlucky Jay Z. Fuck you. You probably did watch wrestling growing up, so you probably knew that the Diamond—I uh, nearly said the Diamond Doll then—that um, Diamond Dallas Page did the Diamond Cutter symbol, and you started using it on tour. That was naughty, naughty of you. 
he absolutely was a wrestling fan. You know, when yeah, you definitely. just look at a guy, you think, yeah, they like wrestling. Yeah, of course, man. Because, I mean, and especially WCW, because WCW was like the working class wrestling promotion. There's absolutely no way he wasn't watching it. No. So DDP is going to fucking town on uh, on Johnny B. Bad here. Gotta say, I like DDP's look here. Yeah. You know, yeah. wearing the black tights, it's like got pink, like, um, pattern. It's like half and half, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. if you if you look at the AS Monaco top, that's basically his pants. They, like, just like half and half. And in the middle, you've got a darker shade of pink, which is a diamond. It, you know, and silver sequins and all sorts. It, 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 they look really nice. I'll I tell you Oof. something. It, it says a lot about a wrestler when they can pull off pink. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's Sting, such DDP, a... Ric Flair. Bret Hart. Um, Bret Hart, of course, yeah. How could you forget that? It, Owen Hart, it, uh, Jim Nidor. I was going to say any of the Hart Foundation. Does Nat, Nat use it as well? Yeah, Natalie uses it. Natalie, yeah. Nat, Natalia. Natalia, yeah. Speaking of which, because I'm probably never going to mention this again, WWE, Pink. Natalia is not Bret Hart's daughter. You really no. so want her to be. It's night arts, isn't it? Yeah, but they, the way they treat her, they treat her like she is Bret Hart's daughter. She's just so intrinsically linked to Bret Hart when she's night arts daughter. I know they were linked together for a large part of their career, but it's kind of like night art is an afterthought. It's always Bret. They didn't fucking bring night art out while, uh, while she was alive to be at ringside when she was facing Charlotte in NXT. No, they brought out fucking Bret. Yeah. It's like they so wanted to be Brett's daughter. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's a good. It, it's the thing about branding, Brett, though, is, but of course it's good branding. But, but she's been around about, for years. I know, but talk about Nidot a little bit more. They only started talking about Nidot since he died. Yeah. But yeah, she's been around for years. I mean, she de- she deserves respect in her own right because she's she's another one. She's paid her dues. There's, there's no reason to pair her with Brett. Or. Exactly. She's a very, very, very good wrestler. And Definitely. it never ever gets spoken about. People talk about how good Sasha Banks and Charlotte and Becky Lynch or whoever, how good they are. And yes, they are all very good wrestlers. But you've got to give credit to Natty because she has been consistently one of the best women's wrestlers over the last, what, 15 years. And yeah, she easily. never gets a recognition for it. No. Constantly overlooked. Constantly. But she seems happy with it. She seems happy with the way her career's gone, by the looks of it. Uh, do you know, honestly, I, I'd, I'd have loved for her to jump into TNA when the TNA women's division was, like, red hot. Oh, yeah. What a fucking... You know, her and Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, Beautiful People, ODB, they'd have, they'd have ripped the fucking house down. And speaking so of... Much. Even in 2020, the knockouts division, the best in the world... Well, I can't. I can't say that I've watched no, much impact. All you need to do is just look at that roster, and yeah. you can't argue with it. I mean, WWE are very top heavy, and AEW's. Uh, well, AEW have a women's division, but they don't feature them. I'm pretty sure if they did feature them a little bit more, you could only, you could see that they have a very good roster there because they do. But the impacts women's roster, it's very much an even keel from top to bottom. It's. Yeah, very much so. The best women's roster in the in the world right now. So, as it pertains to AEW, um, 
We've just Jed completely ignored this match, by the way. We have, we have a little bit. Uh, Jed and Gary's wrestling podcast. Slight segue here. Um, Gary is a guy that I've known for a, a good number of years, and um, he was uh, obviously we, we listen to podcasts just like everybody else does out there. We we, we love um, any recommendations you can give to us. You know, in terms of good podcasts as a whole especially wrestling podcasts we're well in so so give us all your feedback on the usual social media channels but uh jed and gary's wrestling podcast is a brand spanking new one and it's uh it's all about AEW. i've really enjoyed listening to it they're, they're just starting up as well so give them a like give them a follow but the last um i think it was last week the one that i listened to they were talking about AEW's women's division, funnily enough, and they were saying that there's going to be like a, a is it a women's tag team tournament or yeah, something like that? That's currently going on now, yeah, but it's right, it's right. not featured on Dynamite at all. It's it's basically dark and what have you. Oh. which is such a fucking shame because last night, obviously we're putting a timely scale on this, but last night they had a tag team appreciation night. Well, first of all. Every fucking Dynamite is Tag Team Appreciation Night because yeah. that is what they set their bar on, which is so disappointing considering that they're not featuring women and if you're going to feature tag teams, why not feature the women's into that? You know, yeah, definitely. You've got this tournament going on, put it on TV. Put it on TV yeah. and let them get the recognition because you look at the, the people that are competing on, this tag, uh, on the tag team tournament They've got a lot of very good wrestlers there. Like, I know um, uh, Taya Conte, uh, who was in NXT, I call her the most, the biggest untapped talent in women's wrestling right now because she's got all the credentials and she was underappreciated in NXT. And I saw her, her match. She was with... I'm trying to remember... I can't remember who they were facing now. Uh, this was last week, but she was with Anna Anna J, I think her name is, who I've never really seen uh, wrestle before, but she's really, really good in herself. And Tyra just looked like she was out there trying to prove herself. And she put on a very good show. And, yeah, mm-hmm. these are the kind of people that you could have on TV. So, well, the way, the, the way that I was seeing the booking of basically a women's tag team tournament was to sort of get faces onto... TV, um, if it's still ongoing, there's absolutely no reason why the semi-finals and the final can't be featured on Dynamite. Not exactly because they'll be the strongest candidates for going forward in a women's division, won't they? Because I know there's a lackluster, significantly lackluster women's division in AEW at this moment in time, um, but it would be a good way to do it. Yeah, it's like I know I know a lot of people give them excuses saying, "Oh yeah, they've only been." They've only been on TV for a year and all this shit, but at the end of the day, they could have put the emphasis there. They put so much emphasis on tag team wrestling and so much emphasis on the singles uh, singles wrestling, which obviously they should do, but there's that many tag team matches on, on Dynamite week in, week out that that could have been taken up by... One of those matches could have been dropped for a women's match. Yeah, uh, it's just a it's just very a quickly update. Just to quickly update what what's happening in the ring, the DDP is just um, just done like kind of like a, um, a a bear hug into a tombstone power driver and then fucking thrust himself forward. It, it looked really nice. That I don't think I've ever seen that before. No. I've seen DDP do 
Tombstone Power Drivers plenty of times, but that that was pretty good. And we're in a sleeper old now, so there's there's absolute guys. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this match. Um, it's more of a brawl than anything, so that's why we're not going to give you a running running commentary when it comes to it because these guys, well, DDP's fighting for six million, um, and well, Johnny B. Bad's fighting for six million as well, any really. So, um, but yeah, we're not we're not shitting on it. We we just. Going down the rabbit hole a little bit, let's discuss a little bit of AEW because we don't get to do this often. Actually, talk no, about AEW and and all the rest of it. And what you just said then as well about AEW being like tag heavy—that's the one criticism I've always had about the WWE, like the oh, lack yeah, of tag well, teams. Yeah. And I think I think maybe AEW have cottoned on to that as well. And yeah. they thought, okay, well, we'll just have like a tag team fest. <laughs> and the problem is with show. WWE as well is that they've had tag teams there, but they're like, oh yeah, well this guy's not doing this or, uh, anything, and this guy's not doing anything, so put them together. Hmm. It's like Cesaro has been in so many different fucking tag teams in WWE. It's insane, and he could be a world ta- uh, world champion. Yeah, he's so yeah. He, he's one of the most believable wrestlers that they do have, and he's just stuck in a tag team. And again, it just seems to be happy with it. Hmm. Yeah, um, we were we were walking. Oh. Head scissors. Now we're in. Now we're into a tombstone, and we reversed it. Ah, you see, I bet that was supposed to happen two minutes ago. You know, when I when I called that. that. And I bet they've. And he's done it as well. He's finished it. I bet that was meant to happen two minutes ago, and they've just. Um, yeah, they've, they've just, just redone had lived a little bit. Yeah, because there was way too much momentum going uh, against DDP. There, Johnny B. Johnny B. Bad couldn't get the reversal, so he's just slammed him forward. Kimberly gets her money back. It weren't all a bad match. It's just we've seen it all before with these two. That's a that's a problem. We've seen them go at it quite a few times now. Yeah, I'd say this is the best match that they Def- have though. Definitely. So yeah, you know, don't take our you know, us going off topic as a lack of interest in the match because we. I was watching it throughout and. Yeah, there weren't like a, a great deal going on. Like you say, it was pretty much a brawl. But towards the finish, it was it, it got very very interesting. Yeah, um, I'm with you on this arena as well. I, I really like this. Um, I like domed arenas. The unfortunate thing was the Georgia Dome. The Georgia Dome's like not there anymore. I got knocked down. Um, and that was kind of it's kind of similar on the inside like this. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely supposed to happen earlier, but there was no momentum when it came to Johnny B. Bad. Well, speaking of finishes uh, being stolen, I have to wonder where Undertaker came into this because it just seems to be that there was quite a few wrestlers that used Tombstone Power Drivers on WCW TV willy nilly. Yeah, it was a it was not a basic move, but it was. I mean, did it like I said? DDP did it all the time. Yeah, um, and I know Owen Hart used to do it as well. But yeah, of course, yeah. He used to sit out with it though, didn't he? I, I, yeah. I liked Owen Hart's variation. I thought it much safer as well. So we've got Booker T and Stevie Ray here, Harlem Heat, talking into a microphone. But don't worry, it's not that promo. We're coming for you. N- what? I just had to close my skylight because someone's setting off fireworks. As you do during the day. Yeah, like, it, it's just it's just typical watching WCW and there's fireworks being set off. 
I, I think <laughs> I think TNT is still covering that budget. I think they are. Yeah, Sting's like just woke up now. He's just like, what the fuck? I can't, I can't sense fireworks. Where are they? Booker T. Oh, I gotta say, is this two sissified punks? What? Street little boys, college punks. They don't know what they got themselves into down at Vegas. It's about the dollars, brother. Let me tell you, sister, dollar style. What? <laughs> We're supposed to be pulling on them. But tonight, Sting, Lex Luger, especially you, sucker. Watch your back. And watch your back hard. How is it? me and my brother, we refuse to leave How is tonight it? without our world tag team gold. How is it Stevie Ray's so jacked, but yet not at all intimidating? It's fucking weird, that. It, it's and it's, it's not it's, just Stevie Ray, is it? Because you won't be intimidated by Lex Luger. Oh, yeah, he's all glammy muscles. Yeah. Um, I'd be intimidated by Brock Lesnar. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. China. Oh, fucking China, she was intimidating. Um, trying to think, like, proper ripped. Rob Terry. Oh, f- and fucking hell. He's Welsh he? as well. I ain't I ain't being intimidated by that guy. The guy was fucking huge and ripped to shit, but as soon as he talked, he was talking Welsh like this. It's like, ha, no, absolutely not. Get back to Cardiff. No. I didn't know he hung around in Impact for so long. Yeah. I read, a, read an article with him last week. Yeah, he was there for a while. He started wrestling under a mask for a very brief period. Yeah, that was the bit that they were talking about. The, 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 so apparently he's in some sort of documentary, maybe on ESPN or something like that. But um, <laughs> could you imagine a fucking um, what it what what they call it? Is it forty for forty with buddy Rob Terry? Thirty for thirty. Thirty yeah. for thirty. That's the one. Yeah, thirty for thirty with Rob Terry. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> That'll be the lowest rated ESPN show of all time. Probably will be. Did you ever watch the Ric Flair one? No, I didn't, no. Oh, mate, you are missing out so much. I'm not, I'm not going to rant about it again like I did like a good couple of months ago. I'm going to have to hunt it down. Seriously. You've got to do it. You've got to. You've got to see it. Even even, even the animations in it, the guy who did the animations, just so good. All of it, from top to bottom, front to back. Um, so Beth, Beth got asked last week by some randomer on Twitter, I think it was. No, sorry, um... She was actually plugging the podcast, so thank you very much um, to the missus. And um, I suppose we should plug a band for this now. Yeah, so Beth Blade and the Beautiful Disasters, give them a check out on Spotify. They get paid one pence for every stream that you do on Spotify. So what you can do is you can go to bethbladeandbeautifuldisasters.com and buy yourself a shirt or a CD. CD's been knocked down for a bit. Anyway, uh, segue over, shilling over. She got asked last week when she was promoting the podcast on uh, like a forum or, or something like that. Oh, Beth, didn't know you were a wrestling fan. Who would you say your favourite wrestler is? Who would you say your favourite women's wrestler is? Who would you say your favourite tag team was? And all that sort of stuff. And she's a bit of a noob when it comes to this sort of stuff. But she she uh, she knows about wrestling. She knows like the basics. Um, and I was proud of her as well because she said my favourite wrestler would either be Sting or Ric Flair. Um, but the main reason why it would be potentially Ric Flair is because of that 30 for 30 documentary wow. it's as simple as that she sit, she's seen matches, she's sat there and watched Nitros and she's sat there and watched pay-per-views when I've been watching them 
and she's seen Ric Flair and she's seen what he's all about but it's that definitely that 30 for 30 that convinced her I'm not even joking very interesting speaking yeah. of uh, speaking of Sting what was it that I said on Twitter that was controversial to you uh, I never said it was controversial you just said you weren't getting involved I said I weren't yes I said I weren't getting involved um it's like making Sophie's choice twice over. I see. It's very difficult because uh, every single sting has, you know, some serious like positivity. So the, obviously the surface thing that you mentioned, there's two surface things in my eyes. There's the one before he blew his knee out, and there's the one after he blew his knee out. Before he blew his knee out, he wasn't that well known. Uh, he was still relatively at the top of the card in a feud with Ric Flair. But before he blew his knee out, he was capable of so much more. After that, he was capable of less, but he was still very agile. Looked phenomenal, as he does like here. He just looks fucking great for a wrestler. And he's tanned. Um, his paint, you know, more or less, most of the time, is pretty cool. His hair's cool, even though it's all sort of growing out now. He's, you know, his tights are pretty cool. Um, but then, obviously, after this, it becomes the cross thing. Cross Sting is synonymous with Sting. It is just Sting. Yeah, pretty um, much. Sting's Sting's greatest, second greatest, third greatest, fourth greatest, fifth greatest, sixth greatest moments have happened while he's been the Cross Sting. Obviously, his defining moment was in Great American Bash back in nineteen ninety. Obviously, so that was Surface Sting. Um, and then you go to Wolfpack Sting, and then you go to uh, where do you go after that? Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's difficult. It's difficult because then you start getting into the TNA Sting. There's absolutely nothing wrong with them. Joker Sting just fucking brilliant, just superb. Um, sure, this comedy chops. Comedy chops, and honestly, I spoke to somebody who was a massive Batman mark massive and he thought he hated Sting like he hated him he said but I've seen them promos and if I was going to cast a Joker I'd seriously contemplate casting Steve Borden as Joker wow you know what I mean like that's how good them promos were at yeah he was very good yeah um, see from my perspective it's like I've, ne- I've never really was exposed to surfacing of any iteration before this really and it is it's been a a massive surprise for me. Didn't expect him to be so agile like that because he's a very tall guy. So you don't really expect him to be doing leapfrogs or drop kicks or anything like that. And you don't expect him to be so fast either. Whereas when he when he became the crow sting, he slowed down a lot of his stuff to yeah. fit in with the character. So that's all I really know of. Unfortunately, I only really know of it from when it was in TNA, where pretty much every single match he had was crowd brawl, you know, because he couldn't really take as many bumps because he was he was in a lot of pain. So, my perspective of that thing is all I've ever really seen of him in TNA, and his very ill-fated WWE run and. Not to say that he left a lot to be desired. He didn't. But it was it was all character work, really. Never really got to see him in the ring as much, you know, to do to do at the top of his game I'd say. 
I'm glad we get to do it now then. I'm glad that you, you're seeing it with fresh eyes. Exactly. It, it feels like I'm watching a whole new character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the t- like, like you were saying then about the TNA stuff, um, obviously he was a lot older and yeah, you couldn't take as many big bumps and he couldn't do as many things because he was getting older and if you're going to see anything from two uh, from TNA, it'd be 2006 uh, Bound for Glory. I think he faced off against Jeff Jarrett for the world title and Kurt Angle was the special enforcer. Ah, They literally yes. signed Kurt Angle like the week before, so they had to throw him in some way, shape or form. And they basically did the WCW thing in 1997 with Bret Hart. They were just like, right, you main event, you're the ref. That's essentially it. Um Sting, he, he, for, for his age, uh, I have a photo uh, signed by him from that pay-per-view, uh, and he looked great then. But it seemed like six months later, and then beyond in his in the rest of, rest of his TNA tenure, he'd always wrestle with a shirt on, um, because I don't know if he weren't weren't working out, but he was still showing up or what. I don't know. I think it's just more of a self-conscious thing. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you in terms of what you said about the Crow, Sting, and um, him sort of covering himself up and slowing down and all that sort of stuff. So this 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 actually paralleled real life. Oh shit! It got to a point where Sting was uh, suffering from depression, yeah, and alcoholism, uh, addiction, and all that sort of stuff, and. Uh, yeah, it wasn't in a very good place. When it came to Starcade 97, uh, it's been on 83 weeks, it's been on everything, X, Y, Z. That's the reason why Eric Bischoff always says, look, I'm not going to talk about Sting's personal life. Sting's personal life is Sting's personal life. However, Sting made a movie called uh, Moment of Truth, which, if you watch it, tells you everything that you need to know. Apart from the fact that they were all shagging women behind their wives' backs. like That's the bit that he left <coughs> out. But the rest of it, yeah, he talks about addiction. He talks about, you know, it, it was when he transitioned into the Wolfpack sting was when he became a born-again Christian. So the whole thing sort of imitated real life, really. The Crow sting was sting in a massive bout of depression. And then when he came out of it, when he'd given himself to God and become a born-again Christian, that was when he was like, okay, I feel alive again. So that's when he became the Wolfpack sting. They just coincided so well, and then when you see the Wolfpack sting, he's just he's just bright and bubbly and hey, hey and you know all that sort of stuff and yeah, it's uh, you're gonna get to see all that transition. I'm I'm excited for you, man, I'm because very... obviously I've seen it already and and I love it. I see, love it. I'm very surprised because I've never even known about his personal side. I knew he was a born again Christian, but I don't know what drove him to that. But the parallels between him and Shawn Michaels is it's quite interesting. Obviously, I don't, I, I've never heard of the story of Steve Borden legitimately being a dick to people backstage in the same way that Shawn Michaels was. But they've all had their trials and tribulations, particularly with alcohol and drugs and women, and seem to have this drive to better themselves all of a sudden, maybe overnight. And became born again Christians and done just that. Yeah. You know, I mean, people can say what they want about Shawn Michaels nowadays, uh, you know, or whatever, what he was like when he, 
when he was at his worst in like in ninety five and ninety six and the power plays he were doing and there's no denying that he became a better man. I mean, it, yeah. it, you, you, all you need to do is go and watch the the DX runs of 2005 and all that. And when they was, when Triple H was just there going off about dicks and shit like that, which was very funny, they were very funny, just you got to watch Shawn Michaels' reactions throughout it because he, 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 he just wants he to... He was very censored, weren't he? Yeah, he, he just wanted to get the fuck out of the ring. Yeah. It was, yeah. But he, he went along with it because he knew that that's what the fans wanted to see. He let he let Triple H do all the work, and he he, he just oh. acted the goat, and it was very interesting. Sorry, just just Lex coming out of the corner there. We have fucking clo- the the worst clothesline in the world. The guy is just atrocious in the ring. This and- is a guy that just doesn't get being a good wrestler and just he's just a passable wrestler yeah and even then like he's on the floor and he's reaching he's reaching to uh to sting for the tag but he's not reaching at the same time he's not even trialing yeah. you, you you know the spot you know it's a double down and you crawl slowly to the corner he wasn't even fucking oh. crawling he looked like Jesus. a fish just like breathing the last little bit you know just no pockets of fucking air in the gills anymore. They're just yeah. they're dying on the fucking sand of a beach. It was like that, and I might be like a few seconds behind because my network did buffer. All right, fair enough. Um, so I've got Luger and Sting. They got Luger in the situation right here where they. I'm just reading the thing out of the. Yeah, I, think I find myself asking. Made the question in an effort to save Lex Luger. That's the question I find myself asking. I myself. think we're actually running. <laughs> we're actually in time together properly. Oh, there we are. So we're not, days. not too bad. Uh, going back to what you were saying there about Sting and Shawn Michaels, there's one and one only time that I've seen them both on TV at the same time, and it was Sting interviewing Shawn Michaels uh, for a Christian network where they talked about giving themselves to God. That's very uh, interesting. The God Channel or something like that. Uh, I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you're religious, then you're going to find it extremely interesting. But as as wrestling nerds that we, that we are, I'm a retired wrestling nerd now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's good to see them both on. And it's back when Sting had like a full head of her and all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, and it's really cool. It's really cool that they've got that one thing in common, but it's such a shame that you know they never faced off in a ring. You know, how many times have the WWE dropped the ball in in the past? And I feel like I feel like if you threw enough money at Sting, he'd have gone. Yeah, I mean enough money and insurance. I say that he signed a contract with TNA for five hundred thousand dollars a year which is nothing to a wrestler that's absolutely nothing no. um, I bet Alexa Bliss is on four times that much you know I um, wouldn't say that because here's the thing about WWE wages these days a lot of them are paid notoriously bad I mean really fucking bad there's been wrestlers that have gone to NXT been on Raw and Smackdown and left the company and said that 
they could wrestle for less uh, less nights on the indie scene and earn more they're basically mm. it's like downside guarantees and things like that but you have to be you, you get your downside guarantee which it, on average is like 40 grand a year it's your merch you, re- uh, you pay off for wrestling things like that but if you're not wrestling you're not getting that now I think Alexa Bliss is on a fair white more because she's very very popular you know but I reckon that she's probably on maybe around Sting TNA money for a downside guarantee wow I, I'd say that on average you know and also uh, the, t- the two highest wrestlers in WWE today are Sasha Banks and Roman Reigns and not even Brock. Wow. Oh, okay, Brock. Yeah, but his isn't a downside guarantee. It's basically right. paid by appearance. And I'm talking people that are legit. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Orc and Animal have just come in. Orc's just it. Lex is going to win this one. Lex is going to win this one for Lex and Sting. What a uh, fucking damn squid that were at the end. Animals come in with. I'm going to presume it's the uh, red weight lifting thing from a couple of weeks ago with Jimmy Hart they look very happy with themselves um, it seems as almost as if Hawk and Animal feel more comfortable wrestling Sting and Lex Luger for the titles than they do Harlem Heat for the titles so what we're going to see now is we're going to see Harlem Heat and Legion of Doom uh, Legion of Doom <laughs> the Road Warriors getting into a bit of a feud which I'm, I, that should be alright apart from the fact that Stevie Ray can't wrestle <laughs> yeah um, DDP and Johnny B. Bad was much better and we kind of glossed over that by chatting uh, this wasn't great it wasn't Ta- bad but it wasn't great it's so. part of the course tag team matches in WCW right now haven't been that entertaining no I, I think one or two have been good uh, Sting's happy they've got the titles back and for a change Lex isn't the one cheating what the fuck is Lex doing with the belt he keeps raising it and pulling it down and raising it and looking to the sky it's like you can't even fucking be a character Lex would be a pretty decent promo there Yeah, because it was quiet. It's out of the frying pan and into the indistinct. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're pretty sure what he was going to say next. <laughs> out of the frying pan and into the indistinct. Really? No. Fucking hell. Eh, dear. Um... Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no. At the end of that, but yeah, if you if you want to carry on. Yeah, basically, all I was saying was that um, Sasha Banks and Roman Reigns are the two highest paid wrestlers in WWE, and they they're basically past the one million downside mark. Sasha Banks, really? Yes. <sighs> it's fucking I mean... insane that she gets paid more than Charlotte. But I mean, she is also more popular than Charlotte. That's that's the thing. I mean, all you need to do is look at Twitter. 
She's fucking way more popular. Yeah, but I mean, the amount of Twitter followers you've got shouldn't. No, no, what I mean is the amount of stands, you know, whatever, the amount of merch that they're fucking buying, all that. That that gets rewarded in WWE. They're yeah. going to look at that and they're going to give you a more downside guarantee because they know that if they don't give you a good downside, then you can go to another company and earn them more money. You know, through mer- you get more money through merch sales and get a better, you know, negotiate a better contract. And the way Sasha Banks is, she spits her fucking dummy out over anything. She fucking would go to AEW without question if they didn't give her that money. Without fucking question. She would be happy just fucking not wrestling on Dynamite and earning a downside guarantee. To be fair though, she wouldn't be earning the million at AEW. I reckon she can fucking negotiate it. I'm not sure about that. I reckon she can negotiate it. I think right. part of the reason why Jericho's down there is is that they give him a lot of freedom. Yeah. So he's got, he's not only has he got creative freedom, but he's got freedom to carry on the music stuff and to be away on the cruise. But that's like a it's a golden handshake as well in it because if if you know the Jerry cruise happens, then NAEW get onto the uh, onto the cruise itself and film on the cruise. So it yeah. works both ways really. But I, I wouldn't even think that Jericho, Jericho's on that sort of money. No, probably not. What I'm saying is, theoretically, you know, she could fucking, in WWE's eyes, that's what they see. She could go to AEW because they've got, you know, Tony Khan is worth more than what Vince McMahon is. Yeah. So in their, if they really, really wanted her and they'd notice that she's unhappy and she just says, okay, you know, this is what WWE are giving me. Give me more and I'll come. And because of her sheer popularity, it's hard to like overlook that. Really, that's the thing you got to look at. It's not the money. It's like okay, she's gonna bring in the viewers, because all them fucking stands on Twitter, you know, they're watching her on Raw, they're watching her on SmackDown, they will watch her on on uh, on Dynamite. I mean, it's been pretty much the the the, the quote unquote Wednesday Night Wars. I've been pretty much dominated by AEW, but in recent memory, the only times that NXT have actually drawn a higher rating is when Sasha Banks has been on there. Mm. So yeah, I'm just saying it, it, it. It's it's not about the money. It's about about what they can the person can actually bring to the company, and she fucking brings in viewers. For better for better or worse, she brings in viewers. And you can tell that I say this with a very, very fucking sour taste in my mouth because I do not like her. She's a great wrestler, but she's a dick. She's a shoot dick. And so's <laughs> Bailey, by the way. Yeah, they've never had that um they've never had that thing that I've ever really connected to, to be honest. Um Cause you know, cause Charlotte thing, has it. Charlotte definitely yeah, like exactly. just exudes that, that but, flair. She's obviously learned and she's learned well. And it's uh, like Alexa Bliss is more endearing, even as a heel, she's more endearing than Sasha Banks. Yeah. And I think it's you know it's because what Sasha Banks says on TV, she actually genuinely believes. You know, she genuinely believes she, you know, she, she fucking thinks that she is the god's gift to fucking wrestling, and she really isn't. She's a great wrestler, but you know, and there's no denying that. But she thinks because she's this popular and all that, she's got all the fucking power and. In a way, she's right. She does have it, but you can be more. You can just be a likable human being, and she's just not. She's just not likable. Yeah, you don't need to be a cunt about it. Do you, no, really? no. And Bill yeah. is the same. Yeah. It's like it, it's quite funny because 
there were this uh, there was this story that were making the rounds at WrestleMania 35 that when they when they dropped the titles because they didn't want to drop drop the tag titles uh, to Peyton Royce and Billy Kay they didn't want to drop the titles at WrestleMania and they were told no you're gonna do it there was this story that were making the rounds um, that they basically had had a they had a paddy and refused to move off the locker room floor and all this shit and it was apparently disproven you know um it were pro wrestling sheet that reported it and apparently disproven by dave Meltzer. it was disproven by sean rossap who sean rossap i think is probably the most reliable wrestling journalist right now he, he's generally not wrong about things ryan satin again he's a dick but he's generally not wrong and he was the one that reported it and honestly from all the stories I've heard about them two, I fucking believe that to be true. And Sasha Banks disappeared after that. She came off the road for quote unquote mental issues. And it's a bit what it basically is, is that she threatened to fucking leave. She threatened to leave and refused to go to work. I fucking guaranteed that story that Pro Wrestling she uh, reported, it was true. They fucking had a paddy. They had a party in the locker room. Just all you need to do is just go and listen to any interview with them, any interview, any podcast interview they've had, and you can tell that they're just they're just so unlikable people. Both of them, and you know that they fucking believe they've got power, power play, and all that shit. But I, I suppose it works for that heel character as well. Yeah. Because yeah, they're not getting go-away heat for it. They're just getting it. heat. In this in this day and age, podcasts, Twitter, that sort of stuff, you just you just play into a crowd, aren't you? Pretty much. Uh, well, this is uh, this is one man gang versus Conan. Uh, Conan, obviously, oh, yeah, there's a match going champion. on. Yeah, there is. Uh, I'm gonna stop calling him one man gang and start calling him Conrad Thompson. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> if I Con- noticed if Conrad uh, shared his own to a Mohawk. Well, Conan's selling big for just the top rope there, really. Uh, I saw at the beginning with the captions the the mention of Loch Ness. Uh, do you know who Loch Ness is? Uh, what the monster? Uh, well, or is it a character we... from the Dungeon of Doom? Uh, Let me guess. It? Is it a Dungeon of Doom character? It's a WCW wrestler, a new WCW wrestler. And is he a du- part of the Dungeon of Doom? Yeah. I don't think he is. I'm not entirely sure. I guarantee by the time, you know, by the time 1996 is out, he's a part of the Dungeon of Fucking Doom. I can guarantee it. But Loch Ness, that's a Dungeon of Doom character. Come on. If you've got a character called Shark, just Shark in the Dungeon of Doom, and the right. Yeti... Well, you know. what I can do is I can either tell you now, or we can wait until the next Nitro. Uh, fire away. Fire away. Okay. Um, Loch Ness is giant air stacks. Really? Yes. So giant air stacks was in WCW for a short, very short while. Um, he debuted last week at WCW main event where he faced off against one of these two. I'm not sure who it was. I'm pretty sure it may have been one man gang, but I'm not entirely sure. And, um, he does go after Hulk Hogan as well. So he has this whole thing programmed uh, going forward 
that he will face Hulk Hogan at some point. But unfortunately, uh, as we all know, he was diagnosed with cancer uh, and very swiftly returned back to the UK where he sadly passed away. So that that happens over the next uh, the next couple of months. I'm not sure how long he's in WCW for, but yeah, that's um, that's our our old school British wrestling friend, Giant Airstacks. I'm very surprised. I don't think he made it over to America. Yeah. And by the way, I accidentally spoiled it myself. He does serve as a member of the Dungeon of Doom. I fucking <laughs> called it. <laughs> well, that there, bit I wasn't no, going to surprise. No, I was no, there's no, there's no point. That one. There's no point. You may as well just fucking told me because I knew, I knew that straight away. You cannot have a character in WCW called Loch Ness and not have him as part of the Dungeon of Doom. If Luchasaurus was in WCW, he'd be part of the Dungeon of Doom. It's almost as if anybody that goes against Hulk Hogan is just going to go straight into the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, pretty much. Or be associated with them. This match is just not clicking. Surprise, surprise. So Conan's just tried some sort of like sent on over the top rope to try and get a head scissors. It kind of fluffed his lines a little bit. Got the head scissors off after a little bit of fumbling. It doesn't look good between two heavily built males like this. Um, there were a head scissor takedown that uh, Conan tried to to do to one man, uh, to one man gang, and one man gang barely uh, lifted off the ground. So he's on the middle rope now. He didn't even fought. He didn't fight, and he did a body splash. Oh, his body splashes are the the worst. He did a, he did a standing body uh, body splash a minute ago, and again his feet barely lifted off the ground. He was on the on the middle rope, and he barely lifted off the rope. He just kind of flopped into that belly flop. Uh, belly, let's call it what it is, a belly flop. There was no yeah. splash there. No, he's landed on his feet as well. And it's so not it's like not he. Splash. It's not like he's fucking very heavy set. He's got, he's got a belly. Yes, he's got a belly to him, but he's not. He's not fucking Mark Henry, and Mark Henry can do a great body splash. I'm pretty sure if he fucking put the effort in, he can I actually make it out. Yeah. I honestly think he's just copped out of that one without knowing where Conan's going to go. And then Conan's just got out of the ring because obviously he's won it with just a, a fucking top rope sent on fucking backflip, whatever. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's just got out of the ring. He's grabbed his title and he's just gone straight back up the entrance where he's not happy with that match, I don't think, whatsoever. No. And I know, I, I know he's not long for WCW's world anyway. Because once the NWO and all that come into it, there's no place for a guy like that. Which one? One Man Gang? Yeah. Yeah. So we're back to Mean Gene, who's plugging the num- the number. And if you can't see it, it's 1909-909-9900, just in case you were wondering. Right. Here's the Road Warriors, and they're in full red attire. Yes, this is the this is the Road Warriors I like. Yeah, this is red what we black. know. Yeah. And it's not like when they actually dressed in blue... Uh, recently, when they were actually in the old way, that it looked like looked bad, but it was basically player two Luke Kang versus player one Luke Kang in comparison. It, it was just that weird. It's like if you if you had a wrestling game and you could play Legion of Doom versus Legion of Doom, the player two Legion of Doom will be in blue. So this, uh, I'm just I'm just reading this promo and. 
it's almost as if the red and black is heel Dungeon of Doom. Dungeon of Doom, sorry. Legion, Legion of Doom. Of Doom. Uh, Road Warriors. <laughs> we'll get this right at some point. Apologies to Harlem Heat. Not. <laughs> the thing now is with saying... Hawk, when he cuts a promo, it's like, it's the usual, well, you know. Yeah. And it, it, it like... You know, have you ever noticed when somebody laughs so hard when they got a really big belly laugh that they, they they always do, and their head just seeps into the shoulders? Yeah, that's Hawk in his promo. His head's in his shoulders. It's like you can tell there's something not right with him that he's having to force it out. So like he can't he can't do it like like he used to. I've seen the old school promos, and he's not it's not look like he's suffering a stroke, which is what he's doing here. But what oh. he was doing here. Brian. What? You're going to cut Task that out. Taskmaster. Right. Um, oh, for fuck's sake. No, no. Th- this is a big one. So, Summer yeah, next. it's this fucking strap match, isn't it? It is the strap match. Uh, is there something notorious with uh, Brian Pillman in this? I think you've mentioned it. There might be. Here we go. Fucking so, Brian Pillman came flying out. See, again, the kind of uh, Brian Pillman that I'm not really used to. It's just like it's just like a fucking 20-odd-year-old abusing an old man. Oh. You know what I mean? It is. Oh. Oh, look at him. He's just, he's just... I don't know why Sullivan's putting himself through this, to be honest. But that's ego, isn't nuts. it? nuts. So you can't start the match yet because they're not wrapped up. Uh, the referee's got a microphone, obviously, because you've got to be able to say, I respect you to lose the match. Uh, yeah. And just to uh, just to let you know what I'm drinking now, it's called Avogato, which is a coffee and ice cream ale by Siren Craft Brew. More Whoa. caffeine and more alcohol. Oh, oh, oh. Right. And there you go. That's the end of the match. Brian Pullman, I respect you, Buckerman, and walked. And Kevin Sullivan is in the middle of the ring looking fucking confused. The fuck? 45 seconds. I am stunned. I am in absolute awe. Now I knew, I knew there was something I missed. The mo- the moment Brian Pillman came running out like he did, I'm like, okay, he's doing something here. Fuck, I I did not expect that. Sullivan looks like he's gonna fucking cry. He seriously looked like he, he, you can tell he's genuinely upset. He's confused. Oh, fucking hell. Arn Anderson's coming out now. <laughs> what the fuck is he wearing? I was just thinking the same thing then. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's got he's got a dress shirt on and burgundy shorts. Yeah. It looks like he's about to have a round of golf. What's his footwear? Sandals? No, he's, oh, no, wearing... he's, he's wearing hiking boots. Not even that. Not even hiking boots. Oh, he's got just got a whip from Kevin Sullivan. 
So this is... Holy shit, what is going on? So this is looking like it's just an impromptu match because they need to, you know, they need, they need to let the crowd go ha uh, go home happy, don't they? So Orin Anderson's come out dressing look like, looking like he's fucking on holiday. I'll tell you one thing I will say here, look at the size of Orin's arms. Orin is a fucking hunk. He seriously is a hunk at this point. Yeah, if you're Kevin Sullivan, you ain't going into a fight like this with Orin Anderson. No. You just ain't doing it. He's got that classic wrestling physique as Orin. You know, he's got he's got the belly on him, you know, but he, he's just... He's, he's rotund, but in... I don't know. He, the best way I can describe Arn Anderson is he gets he gets his his muscles from lifting. I'm not even going to say pints. I'm not even going to say fucking Stein glasses of beer. I'm talking kegs of beer. <laughs> he fucking he lifts kegs of beer for fun. And I'm alluding that he actually was drinking whilst he's doing it as well. Well, he did. He, he did enjoy a beer. Which um, Kevin Nash did uh, say on a prom roll somewhere down the line. The funny thing is that Orange just cause like now nowadays you look at him and he looks old, but yeah. he doesn't look as old as what he is. Yeah, which is really fucking weird. Cause I think we've referenced this before. Because in his twenties he looked forty. He's now in his sixties and he looks fucking forty. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not like to say he's ageless. I mean, he's more greyer and he's he's put on more weight, but he still looks great. He still looks like I know it's I know it's weird to say, but he still looks like Orin. So you've not. Um, so I'm guessing you've not seen the uh, NWO Four Horsemen promo, or have you? Is this where the NWO uh, mock the Four Horsemen? Yeah. Dress up. I have seen that. So that's where Kevin Nash references uh, Arn Anderson's alcoholism. Apparent alcoholism. No, he was. Oh, he was? This yes. Point. That's uh, sad. It's all admitted on the Iron Show. Oh, that's sad. Of all the people, I didn't expect him and Sting to be alcoholics. The, oh. sto the, the story goes that um, Arn... Uh, Arn got in an elevator to go up to Kevin Nash's room, knocked on the door, and um, I think he went up with the intention of sucker punching him because Arn didn't okay that promo. But Arn was apparently surprisingly calm about the situation uh, and just sort of asked Kevin Nash, like, have you got something to say to me? And... Um, Kevin Nash just went. It's just, it's just business, and it's just TV, and you just you know that, don't you? And apparently they had a, a beer together, and that was the end of it. So, I apologise for any minor disturbance, sir, but my phone just went off. Apparently, I got an alarm set that I didn't even realise. I thought it were, um, I thought it were one of them wind chimes, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's basically me alarm, but I've never set that alarm. I've accidentally set that. It's like one of them preset alarms. I've accidentally slid it. 
press the slider on it. Oh, Rick Flair's coming down now. Rick Flair's out, out with Jimmy Hart. Uh, Arn Anderson and the Taskmaster are wrapped up in the ring ropes now. Actually, at least they should be. No, they're not anymore. Strap's still on. Rick Flair's saying, "Come on, what what the hell are you doing? We're together." It's you, Arn Anderson, Rick Flair, and the Giant. No mention of Brian Pillman. Gotta say, Rick Floyd's attire. It looks like, you know them, uh, that uh, chocolate bar brand? I think they're just called Milk. I'll, t- I'll take your wife and make a woman out of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Rick. Man. Oh, Rick. Just yeah, just say that to the crowd, man. That's fucking ace. Honestly, that's that's what I miss in wrestling these days. Like just sexual innuendos like that. But yeah, I I see what you mean. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Is he gonna bump? Is he gonna bump? Bump. Go on, Rick. Bump. We're gonna destroy Hulkamania, Savage. I'm taking the belt and indistinct. Now. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Arn Anderson talking now. Sullivan, to get what I want, and that's Hogan and Savage, I get in the bed with the devil himself. Wow. Wow. So you've just seen... Uh, what Brian... the fuck has happened here? You've just seen Brian Pillman's last match for WCW. Oh my God, that is so sad. It's not the last time you'll see Brian Pillman on WCW TV, but it's the last match you'll see of Brian Pillman in WCW. So the contract has obviously been quote-unquote terminated. Him and Eric Bischoff have decided that he can go and further his character elsewhere which means in a couple of weeks from this he'll be turning up on ECW TV um, whilst he may or may not turn up on Nitro, who knows the Giant's falling asleep in this promo <laughs> oh no, he's walking up Fucking oh, he's, he's, walking, turning, yeah. he's, he's turning into Festus that was just as I saw that he had a cleavage ah, oh, lovely thank you <laughs> So, we got a like from Paul White. I'm stoked about this, man. I'm so happy. This is like the most famous person now. And to be fair, the Big Show's a fucking famous person. He is. Um, So, to get a like from the Big Show, from Paul White, um, I don't think he's listening, but if he is, thank you very much for that, Paul. And what was it that he liked? So, was it Dolph Ziggler said um, the price of bar stools is going to skyrocket between now and 2025? Right, and that's bar stool, the actual brand, not the object. I didn't know there was a brand called yeah, Barstool. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's like a sports podcasting magazine, some shit in America. Quite popular. Right, I see. And, and you referenced the actual fucking bar stool. Right? Yeah, the reference was from a few weeks ago. 
check it back in the archives of the Nitrogen podcast. Uh, the Giant, aka the Big Show, comes down to smack Hulk Hogan with a bar stool, and well, yeah. So that it's... makes me wonder if he understood exactly what you were referencing, because I'm pretty sure that someone's fucking spoken to him and say, "Right, Paul, you're always seven foot. What the fuck are you using a bar stool for?" Probably, I think they probably brought that up. He's had that asked about him, if not once, probably a baker's dozen times at least. I hope so, but honestly, I, I do think that that would be one of those things that sticks out in your brain, even if nobody references it to you ever, because you've literally just gone after Hulk Hogan with a weapon of your choice, and what you chose was a bar stool. You're never going to forget getting in the ring with Hulk Hogan with a bar stool, are you? I mean, you're not going to forget getting in the ring with Hulk Hogan, but obviously the giant that many times, you know, they can be quite forgettable. But if you get in there yeah. with a fucking bar stool, I mean, that's just fucking great. So, yeah, thanks for that, Paul. We, we appreciate that. Um, and if you do have that bar stool, well, one, fair play to you, but two, can we have it? I'm sign it for us Road Warriors are out now music crowd chatter we have no oh 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 okay an impromptu tag team championship match so Sting and Lex Luger are about to bore the roof off for a second time hmm I gotta say those tag titles they look very small I mean, yeah. the, way, the way Luger is holding it, it, it just looks like... It looks like... It, it might just because Luger is quite a big guy. I mean, even in contrast to Sting here, he's still quite a big guy. But it looks like he's got like like a Galaxy Caramel and just taken the wrapper off it. And he's just holding that. There's just a gold, the gold, <laughs> gold uh, wrapping of a Galaxy Caramel. It looks like he's just holding that. Yeah, Lex ain't having any of it. He's going back up to the entrance where he don't want to face. I got, I got that translated well, by the way. <laughs> uh, I know what I was saying. It might do for the the British listeners. Galaxy caramel might not be a thing <laughs> anywhere else in the world. <laughs> yeah, basically, if you get like a a big bar of galaxy caramel, you got the paper wrapping and the, and they got foil underneath and. The Galaxy Caramel specifically has a gold foil wrapping. And it basically looks like he's just holding one of them chocolate bars. That's what I was getting at. I didn't say that quite coherently. <laughs> so we've not thrown any punches yet. We just keep having Lex Luger umming and ahhing about whether or not he should come down to the ring. Um, looks quite intimidated by Hawk and Animal, but Sting's all for it. Just keeps getting in the ring. Lex is going back up the entrance way again for the second time. Fucking hell. I think they're losing the titles here. Get the get the spikes off and I'll get in the I, ring. Either that, either that or Sting is going to retain them on his own. One or the other. Well. There's, there's going to be shenanigans. Is what Sting at. was the tag team champions of the world. You're confused now, aren't you? Yes, very confused. 
<laughs> Very fucking confused. Oh, I, oh my god. Okay. Wolfpack right. stink. Right. Well, well. Spoiler alert. But <laughs> yeah. No. No. I. I mean, you don't know how. You don't know when. Well, you, you know a little bit. You know it's Wolfpack stink, but you don't know when. You don't know the 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 uh, sort of scenario ah. around it. Ah, now this is something that I do like, and I get. Spoiler, I am going to praise Lex Luger here. I am going to praise him. But this is something that we don't see often enough. Is that someone was heckling him in the crowd and he just turned around and he went, Shut up! (laughs) And this is what I think a good heel should do. You know, we are the ones that are going to be booing you, heckling you. You know, have a pop at us. Don't just have a a pop at another wrestler because, you know what, that is your job, that is what you should... You're supposed to be doing face or heel you should be having a pop at other wrestlers but if you're a heel and the fans are heckling you fucking heckle us back tell us to shut up tell us to fuck off you know take it out chris jericho does that and i think he's the only one that generally does that mjf does that as well but he generally reserves that for twitter and he generally goes too far but uh yeah oh the road warriors are going after lex luger Lex Luger's going back up the entranceway for the third time now. Animal's halfway down the entranceway. Hawks, the the referees, there. Sting's in the ring. Luger's dropped his Galaxy Caramel. Uh, Sting's taking it off him and giving it to the referee. <laughs> All right, I missed that. Yep, that's happened. So this match is on. I, I'm just getting, I'm just getting quite annoyed with Luger's antics. So he's actually doing a good job of being a heel here. So they're concentrating on Luger. While Sting's in the ring, they could absolutely be beating the shit out of Sting right now and winning the tag team titles. So Luger's coming mm. back down now. Doug Dillinger's right. kind of making him. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Sting's on the top rope, just shouting for Lex to come down. One half of the tag team championship. Fighting champion, eh? One half of the tag team championship. No, one half of the tag team champions. It's- Fucking subtitles were all over the place here. They always are, mate. Mind you, that could actually have been a legit commentary line. Well, it's going to be Hawk and Sting. Lex is finally on the apron. And we're in. Nick Patrick, the referee. He always seems to be the referee of Sting's matches. I mean, the look of Hawk. Oof, decent drop kick. Landed on this side door. Didn't clean it. Yeah, very good drop kick that. The steps, like the steps in the middle of the fucking. I was gonna ring. bring this yeah. up. Yeah, it, I've never really got it. It just looks so weird, like because on natural you you've got the steps on the corner. You've got but, a step on the corner there that Sting's just gone past. So you've got yeah, steps but, there, but you don't. But, yeah. You don't have steps on the apron like that. And I'm wondering if it's just like the size of the arena because unlike Nitro, the the entranceway it's actually facing the apron itself. It's not on a corner. It's, it's not facing much, a much longer as well. Yeah, that as well. So I, I don't know if they've like just brought the uh, the ringside seats just a little bit closer to the ring. And that's why they've got the steps on the front, though. 
I, I don't know, but it just looks weird. It looks, it looks in a dangerous position, to be honest with you. It's like, if, if a wrestler goes over that rope and they land on that step, it's going to fucking hurt. It's, um... We're talking about Steven Regal coming to here as well. They're basically referencing the the uh, crossface that um, Hawk is applying to Sting. Yeah. And they're basically saying it's very Steven Regal-like. Well, that's good. Re- Regal what, uh, does the leg trap as well the legal, uh, for the Regal stretch. Which, well, by good. the way, one of my favourite submissions. I don't know if I said that before. One of my favourite submissions in wrestling. I don't think it's you have not, said that, no. No, it's not flashy, but it looks fucking painful. Yeah. So you get, you do get submissions that are flashy but don't look painful. You know that that it's just a, it looks like a proper British submission move. Yeah, it's good that they've uh, good that they mentioned that on commentary. To be honest, to put him over yeah, a little I bit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So this is um, as you were saying about the arena and everything like that. This is a sellout actually. Seven thousand two hundred people in this one. And the arena was demolished in 2004. No longer stands. What arena is that? The Bay... 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 Oh, Bay Font? Bay... Bay Mont Arena? Okay. It, uh, Bay Front Arena. St. Ah. Petersburg, Florida. Bit of a shame, yeah. Like you said, that 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 roof's really nice. Uh, yeah. It's literally, as as the name says, it's literally on the bay. Like the water is right outside. It's because they didn't have the uh, monster truck on the roof match or whatever it was. I mean, the one. angle, the camera angle here, where what Wilger is, he, he's just tagged in and he's like, he's just staying in one corner basically, not just mess, messing with animal. But you actually see the background of the arena where uh, the seats, they have like a, a dawn pattern, kind of like, a, you know, a Stadi de Velodrome, uh, Mar- uh, Olympic Marseille's arena, hmm. well, stadium, what it used to look like before before they put the roof on. They've got like that curvature at the top, and it's very much like that all the way around. That's a real, I love that, I really do. You'll see it from this angle now. Like it's got a very curved top to it. I I don't know why it just adds something. I can't explain. It just adds something. So I've just done a little um uh, a quick little thing to see if there are any dark matches on this as well while we're um watching this match. While Zorga's in the ring. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking for anything else to talk about. And the curvature, the tears, the the roof. <laughs> Well, no, it is a nice building. <laughs> well, it is, but we're just looking for anything to talk about other than Luger, because yeah. we've already seen one match with him tonight, and that was enough. So there was four. The Road Warriors have already wrestled. They defeated Dick, Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck. Right, um, so there's no disadvantage in this match then. So uh, what Luger were, were pissing them on and about, I don't fucking know. Yeah, he's just scared of him, isn't he? He's just getting the heel heat by being scared of him. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Morris defeated Chris Canyon. Oh, fucking hell. Honestly, that sounds like a really good match. Mm. It's early days, Chris Canyon, though, isn't it? So uh, this might be just as he's starting out or whatever. Uh, 
The third one, Big Bubba Rogers and VK Wall Street. Yep, they're still in WCW. I defeated know. Joey Mags and Craig Pittman. And uh, Jim Duggan for Loch Ness, also known as Giant Haystacks, who came out with Jimmy Hart and the Taskmaster. <laughs> oh, there a, we go. To a double disqualification. He's already part of the fucking dungeon. <laughs> It's a shame we didn't get to see him on the uh, on this pay per view. I would have loved to have uh, loved to have touched on that. I just like the fact that the calling Loch Ness is not even from Scotland. So I have to wonder: is he going to put on a, a a Scottish accent? I think he does. You know. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. And just reading a little bit more as well, as as per the pre-match stipulations, John, Johnny B. Bad's victory resulted in him winning Diamond Dallas Page's remaining lottery money of $6.6 for the Diamond Doll, as well ah. as retaining her services as a valet. So what you were saying earlier, you might have just seen it. And surprisingly, not on a dark match. Not on a dark match, no. No. <laughs> So, yeah, thank, thanks to Wikipedia for a little bit of context there. Oh, ducks the clothesline there. Sting just, just runs in and he's going to low shot him. There we go. Unfortunately, I'm just constantly uh, lagging behind a little bit because it's just pausing and just like fast-forwarding really quickly on its own. It's been doing that throughout this match. Oh. So apologies if my analysis is a little bit behind. Well, Sting's really... Sorry, Luger's raring to go because Animal's down on the floor. He's he's looking at the opportunistic. We should we should say as well what's what happened with Sting then is that he he, he staggered and fell over and he landed right in between Animal's legs. Yeah, that's um. You'd be surprised. That's that's. I think that's a Sting patented move. To be honest, that's I've the seen first it. time. It's the I've, first time I've ever seen him do it. I've seen it a good few times. <laughs> But I like it. Yeah, it's one of them where he's dazed and confused and it's kind of like a comedic spot, but it also inflicts a little bit of uh, punishment in the opponent. So now Animal's getting up onto his feet. Lex wants to tag out. See, and here's the thing as well, is that that would have been a decent hot tag if he didn't fucking tag out. Hmm. He just doesn't want to wrestle. I think this is part of the storyline. Probably. He he takes the cheap way out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's being sense, a coward. It plays into real life though because he does. He just does that all the time. It's just nothing new with him. Sting going up top for a big splash here. Oh, Animals gonna so move. knees are up there. One man gang. Yeah, Take up. fucking note. So Sting gets full fucking gut full of knees, and the one man gang can't even do a splash without his feet going down. So he's tagged Lex in. Lex doesn't want to get in the ring because he would have got in quicker. Hawk with them clubbing blows. Oh, jeez. Big shoulder into the uh, into the throat of Lex Luger, who's down for the count. Big leg drop. Yeah, I'm like five seconds behind now. Fucking. I just press forward ten seconds and then pause it for five. <laughs> this is not where the big boys play. This is where the big boys knock and punch each other to death. <laughs> uh, 
Chinlock with the knee in the back. Hawk and Lex Luger. I like Hawk. Uh, I, I've um, he's another one that I've grown to appreciate as I've got older, especially. Oh, Jawbreaker. Okay. Quick Again, tag into I, Animal. I don't Quick know if I've sting. mentioned this on the podcast before. I might have, but Paul Heyman, before he took over ECW, he was asked in an interview uh, who he would build a wrestling company behind, and he his number one person was Hawk. He said he's the biggest untapped talent in wrestling. And you know what? I see it. I Oops. really see it. Let's go every Death Fox in. Hawks he's off a... the ropes. Clothesline. Get down, Sting. Um, you have mentioned that before, Brian, but it doesn't matter. You can mention it again. Uh, our, our last episode of the Nitrogen Podcast is actually one of the fastest downloaded episodes that we've ever had. Wow. Uh, checking the stats this morning. Literally, it dropped this morning as we're recording this and, and that was without the usual promotion behind it like we usually do yeah we've, we've kept that back a little bit uh, uh we've, we've both like we've both had early starts this morning so we couldn't be up late till midnight promoting the damn thing you know, like in fact it was this afternoon when i actually put up a tweet yeah oh, i mean fuck sake, mate fucking it's buffering again Right. Don't really need that in recording. <laughs> oh, it just ke- no. It's been fucking doing my head in this now. I don't know what's going on. Right. Uh, where are you up to? Uh, Hawks just told the referee. Oh, no, no. Just pause it. And... Uh, one thirty, forty, forty-one, forty-two, forty-three, forty-four. Oh, what's that? Sorry. Just pause it a second and let me catch up. Oh. <laughs> I can't. I can't I'm, I'm that far behind because it just fucked up and just didn't do anything. Just press forward 10 seconds. Which makes it I'm at 1 minute 38. You're way behind. You're exactly. Mi- you're That's minute, how bad it got. A minute behind. Right. So I'm going to have to catch up. So yeah, you're going to have to cut all that out. That's fine. Ugh. I don't know what's going on with this tonight. So what? What? What is it you're on? One thirty-nine thirty now. One thirty-nine thirty. So I've got. I've got a minute to go. Fucking so annoying. I don't know why it keeps doing that. I really don't. It's definitely not my fucking internet. It's the network fucking up. Right, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pause it here now because it's a finish coming. <coughs> right, so I'm going minute. back to one thirty-nine exactly. Well, I'm. I've just got past that now, so. Uh, so I need to go back. I'm on one minute thirty-nine oh five. Ready to press play. Three, two, one, play. They have indistincts. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, Wuger is demanding that tag in, but he's doing it so fucking unenthusiastically. He's patting, patting the... Um, turnbuckle. Patting the turnbuckle like it's a fucking dog. Yeah. He, oh, he's just got levelled by Hawk. Oh, my yes! God. Yes! I fucking love it. Everybody's just, down except Hawk and Nick Patrick. And uh, to be honest, I don't fancy Nick Patrick's fucking chances here either. Oh, Lex is back up. Fucking love Hawk. He is absolutely brilliant here. I think he's been the highlight of the show so far. Sting going for a vertical suplex. Gets it off. Animal straight back up again. Sting's like, what the fuck? Thing. Vertical suplex from Animal. Look better. Sting's back up. Yeah. Gives the old pythons. Big drop kick. Oh, nice. Axe handle. Hawks attack. <laughs> Hawks absolutely nowhere near his fucking corner. He just tags in anyway. Yeah, fuck it. Double elbow. Um, Lex wiped out again by Hawk. Hawk does not like Lex Luger. No, he does this not. This is shoot shit, man. I'm telling you right now. And fucking animals getting in on the action as well. You see that fucking axe handle just gave him? <laughs> that was stiff. So everybody's outside of the ring now. Lex is on the entranceway side with Animal. Sting is on the other side with Hawk. Uh, just received a big chop and a big right hand to the face. Seriously, I don't know how there's been so many potatoes in this match. I don't know how it didn't cause another potato famine in Ireland. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I'm not even feeling sorry for Luger here. So, I'm trying to think who the, the, the legal man is. Uh, the legal men are Hawk and Sting. And no, everybody's just running up the entranceway, actually. You're looking at a count out here. Oh, no, the referee's yeah. there. Don't worry about it. Fucking hell. That club to his back then. From the commentators Animal. are putting over that it's Luger that they want. It's not Sting. They're just leaving Sting alone, just concentrating on Luger. But Sting keeps going after him to try and protect. Yeah, I rake the... Referee's in the middle of it. Referee's going to throw this one out, surely. They just brawl into the back. And it's a blue curtain, not a silver curtain. Yeah, they've gone. That's it. That's the end of the match. Um, whether it was wow. Tag Team Championship match or not, the fact of the matter is it's a double count out, so there won't be any change whatsoever. And it's the Nature Boy with the beautiful woman, Nancy Sullivan, a.k.a. Nancy Benoit. I'm going to say, um, out of context, the beautiful woman doesn't... It doesn't really say much, does it? It doesn't. Do you not think she's got a look at Tia Carrere, you know, from, from Wayne's World? She does. Yeah, I've always thought that, you know. Yeah, she really does. So, just give me a moment, because I'm just going to get on my knees. I'm just going to go... Yeah. We're not worthy. <laughs> and I'm, le I'm legitimately doing it. You, you can't see it, but I'm doing it. Yeah, if if we actually get a Halloween this year, I'm tempted to do the old Wayne's World thing just with my hair down. Uh, and I tell you what, fuck so COVID. I, need, I fuck, need to get a fucking blonde wig then, don't I? Fuck COVID and fuck lockdown, because I was meant to meet Alice Cooper for my birthday. And the show oh, got cancelled. show got fucking cancelled. Beth did some work for Thunder, did some backing vocals for Thunder, and um, Thunder and Alice Cooper were touring in Germany. Like this March, just gone. It was, I think it was the 10th of March or something like that. I'm like, Beth, if there's anything that you can do for my birthday, 
just get me to meet Alice Cooper. She's like, I'll see what I can do. Anyway, COVID happened. And I'm like, motherfucker. I mean, seriously. The, the, the fucking, the godfather of shock rock. Alice fucking Cooper. Yeah. Virus is just like, nah, mate, that's not going to happen this year. Fuck you. And also, right now, we're trapped in the house because we've uh, we've had to take a test because we're not sure if one of her fucking office colleagues have fucking got it. Oh, so that hell. test, not enjoyable. I've had it. I, I had it done when I went to the hospital a few weeks ago. Did you? All right. Yeah. It. I, I'd rather honestly. I'd rather just have fucking COVID and get it over and done with <laughs> than go through that again. Yeah. Fucking. Anything going down my throat is a big no-no. If it's food, yes. If it's fucking objects like that being forced to the back of my throat, it, it, no. Yeah, but then then it's like put it up your nose until you feel tension. It's like yeah, well, that, the point that I feel tension is when I start crying, sneezing, coughing, throwing up. That as well. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, cleaning your ear, um, your ears out with your ear bud, with a cotton bud. Yeah, and no. you know where you do it, it just makes your fucking throat gag. I don't do that, and, bro. I don't no. do that. I no, don't, no, I, I can't lie. No, I don't do that anymore. No, I used to do it, but no, I, I, I use proper stuff for my ears now. Doctor say, I got told this years and years ago when I were in hospital. Yep, same thing. I was in for uh, Quincy, which is like a, a, a severe form of tonsillitis. It's like proper old school. It's like eighteen hundreds. People don't get that anymore. I get like viruses that were around like two hundred years ago. That's how fucking old school I am, and. um Sorry, it was the nurse. It wasn't the doctor. The nurse came around. And it was like one o'clock in the morning. There was somebody in the bed next to me who, who had some sort of suction, bloody something going on, um, and I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, I need something to put in my ears because I can't sleep. She's like, you can't sleep. I'm like, yeah, I can't sleep. She's saying that just to verify. And she gave me these things. She says, I advise you not to put anything in your ears. And I'm like, well, what do you do when you clean your ears? She went. Ears naturally clean themselves, but whilst you're in the shower, you can help it along with with water. Yeah, I'm like, so ear them, you know, Q-tips. You're not supposed to use them. She was like, no, no. never put them in your ears. I'm like, yeah, okay. A, Since that day, a, never done it. Yeah, it's been a big misconception for years. Is that is like, it, it, even the cotton bud packages would just say, you know, how to clean your ears out with them. You don't see that no more. There you go. See, if, oh. if, if there's anything the Nitrogen podcast has given to anybody, it's the fact that we might have actually saved somebody's ears. We yeah. might have saved you from deafness. Which would be and a shame because you wouldn't get number two million impressions, brother. Honestly, right? Macho Man here with the blue and yellow. I like this. Is, is there any better combination of colours than blue and yellow? I... I I around this discussion on a website that I frequent called Fuzzy Headlines, um, which obviously is about football guys, soccer, whatever you want to call it. And AS Monaco just released their new kits and the away kit. It's the blue, uh, the the halves. But the AS Monaco have appeared twice on this podcast today. Yeah. But the, the away kit is the classic halves that the the diagonal halves that the home kit has, but it's blue and yellow and the exact same. Shades of blue and yellow that Macho Man is rocking here, and it's such a good combination. So, like if you got that on a football kit, you cannot go wrong. 
it does look like a good combination. Macho's rocking it right now. Liz oh, looks fantastic does. as well. I thought we was actually going to get a Liz interview for a second, but then Macho kind of interrupted it. I'm slightly disappointed about this, but Macho is saying there's nothing wrong with the powers, yeah, and Liz was the one to bring the powers back. So, oh, look at Gene Oakland talking about the razor's edge right there. Absolutely no foreshadowing whatsoever. They would have signed by this point, wouldn't they? Uh, Nash, Nash wasn't. Hall might have been. I was going to say, it's, it, it is pretty much going up to that time where they're out of contract. Because I think they were out of contract for a while whilst they were still working. Well, because they, obviously they've they filmed the television so far in advance. Fucking um, Bobby Heenan's got his back to the camera. Yeah, it's almost as if he's like surfing internet pornography. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what, what, what? <laughs> the thing is he's acting like he doesn't know and there's a fucking screen in front of him where he can watch himself with his back turned to the camera yeah <laughs> so oh, oh well, I will brain so much unless he's got a playboy that might be what he were reading reading back, da- uh, back in those days yeah everyone would read a playboy the articles mm. no one gives a shit about anything else So we've lowered the cage already, which basically means that it's now double main event time. Uh, the first of which is going to be... Oh, no, because Hulk Hogan's on the card. So the next, the first of which is going to be probably the World Heavyweight Championship, which is absolute fucking bollocks. Just because Hulk Hogan's in the company doesn't mean to say he's got to be in the main event all the time. Well, we've got Michael Buffer here, so I think this might actually be the Hulk Hogan match. Well, it's it's a double main event, isn't it? So. Oh shit! Yeah. Michael Buffer added so much, so much that he just Bischoff said, "That's the guy who just adds so much to big pay per views, just the voice alone and." To be fair, he's probably right, but the amount of money oh, that he charged for let's get ready to rumble. Is Michael Buffer in the WWE Hall of Fame? No. What? He's not in the Hall of Fame, no. What? How? No. Why? He's even... He's let's, let's get ready to rumble fucking WWE pay-per-views. I'm going to say he's, he's been on... Maybe two or three pay-per-views. He's done a mania. Yeah, but no, he's not... I don't know what the thing is we've done there. I can't really say, but no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Well, that's just bullshit. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Vince, you ain't listening to this podcast. Fuck you. You fucking murdering wanker. <laughs> or Triple H. Triple H, because you're the person that fucking does X, Y, and Z now. So, Michael Buffer, not in the Hall of Fame. Shut the fuck up. And you know what? Howard Finkel. If he ain't in the in the Hall of Fame... Yes. Oh, all right. So, Howard Finkel, because he was WWE, yes. He Michael wasn't. Buffer, because he was WCW, absolutely not, no. 
uh, Howard Finkel was the very first employee for WWE, and he also came up with the name WrestleMania. That's fine. That's absolutely yeah, fine. It's obviously, great. he's iconic, so I can I can understand for, from that. But yeah, Michael Buffer definitely should be there as well. Michael Buffer for just being a fucking sports personality. Boxing ain't boxing without Michael Buffer. Yeah, but they don't associate with boxing, do they? Well, you tell that to the fucking three previous boxers that have turned up on WWE Raw. What was the fucking? Uh, yeah, what I mean, what Anthony I mean, Joshua. Is, no, it wasn't Anthony Joshua, was it? Who the fuck was it now? No, Cain Velasquez. To name but a few. Uh, Tyson. Yeah, Tyson Fury. That was the one. Uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah, Tyson. Mike. Absolute, Tyson. absolutely no fucking affiliation with boxing whatsoever. <laughs> no, what I mean, what no, what I mean is, it's like. They they have they've had boxes on and shit like that, but they just tend to like I don't know they don't associate themselves with boxing as much as what they would do with say UFC, which they really fucking play into. It's like obviously they, they list the credentials and things like that, but other than that, doesn't get a mention. Doesn't get a mention. It's like somebody might have been a boxer in, in the past five, and they would say, oh yeah, they're a bare knuckle boxer, just like. They, they tend to like add something to it, but and distance from that. I don't know why they do that, but it's just the way WWE is. Yeah. Weird fucking Vince McMahonisms. I have just tried uh, uh, trying to find where Scott Hall's last contract ends when it comes to the WWE. His last appearance is in May wow so um, does that say his contract ended in May I'd say it probably ended a month before considering pre- when they were taping yeah I was going to say they, they did actually perform the out of contract for a while as well so they were actually free to negotiate that's what they did with Lex weren't it he was supposed to he, he was support, uh, supposedly um, wrestling without a contract. By the way, going back to how we think, oh, there is a case for him going into the Hall of Fame. There is a massive case for him to go into the Hall of Fame. Oh, you don't need a massive case. No, no, no. I mean, before Michael Buffer, because he came up with the name WrestleMania, which wasn't the original name. Vince McMahon called it the Colossal Tussle, for fuck's sake. So, Howard Finkel single-handedly fucking convinced him otherwise and came up with a better name. Fucking Hall of Fame, he should have been the first person in the Hall of Fame for that. The fucking Colossal Tussle. What the fuck are you <laughs> thinking, Vince? The Colossal Tussle just sounds like a really vicious wank. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I don't, no, don't get me wrong, Howard Finkel should be in there, should be first, no, no. Should, should should be years ahead of, of, of Michael Buffer. But it goes back to the conversation that. we were saying in the last in the last podcast about, you know, the Hall of Fame and, and, and you know, we could have waited for the Godfather. The your your words and you said it bang on the money. We could have waited oh, for the Godfather yes. as long yes. as we made sure that the Macho Man and the British Bulldog were in there before. You know, just, just just these are big names. You know, Snoop Dogg should not be in the Hall of Fame before Michael Buffer. Oh fucking hell! What what was he associated with WWE for? Oh, he appeared at WrestleMania. So did Alice Cooper. Yeah, exactly.
Anyway, uh, so Liz looks delayed, delighted. Um, is Ric Flair wooing Liz here? Looks like he's trying to. He's trying to. Mate, this is honestly, this is, I, I think I said this before, this is like, the w, this is the WCW version of Lita and Trish Stratus. Yeah. Oh, I know they're valets and I know they don't wrestle, but in terms of cosmetics, when the WWF, obviously at this time, WWF wasn't parading Trish Stratus and Lita around, that was like 99, 2000, weren't it? Yeah, uh, 99. So what we yeah, what we're looking at in 1996, we're looking at Sonny and no Sable maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, mate. It'd be 97 when they were around. Sonny, yes, but Sable, no. Hmm. Sable went over with um, with Johnny Be Bad. Of course she did. Yeah, yeah. Of course she did. Speaking of this cage, by the way, it does look a bit rinky dink. Oh, yeah. And the ch- it, it's uneven, and the chain is rusty. It just doesn't look cosmetically appealing. <laughs> Matt Joe Man just shoved the referee out of the way with his arm, like get out of the way, brother. You know, I'm fucking out doing Hulk Hogan. Uh, no, just, you know, get out my way. You know, just going after it for. That might be the best impression of actual man I've that, done yet. That weren't far off, to be fair. Speaking of, Mark uh, bumped into him while I was absolutely bladdered a week ago, and he still has the on-point macho man impression. <laughs> <laughs> it still is fucking amazing. In the middle of the road, going, yeah, I would be fucking absolutely brilliant. I'll be honest, mate, I don't remember tidbits of that conversation. <laughs> I don't remember it, doing that. <laughs> It's all right, yeah. In the middle of the road, you were doing a macho man impression. That sounds like something I do. Um, I drank a lot of Omnipolo that night, and Omnipolo is dangerous. It's 12% in a third. They only serve it in thirds. Uh, Blueberry cheesecake stout. Uh, It was delicious. It was delightful. I had three of them. (laughs) Alongside all the lager that I drank as well, yeah. I was was fucking hammered. Yeah, you were fucked, dude. Yeah, You were fucked. Uh, Apparently, uh, well... Beth had ordered the takeaway. I came upstairs. I jumped on the bed, bounced straight back off the bed, literally, <laughs> onto the floor, and stayed there. Apparently, I said something like, "No, I meant to do that." And um, her work laptop were on the on the bed, so that sort of bounced onto the floor as well. And then this USB stick came flying out, which has like a, a, a VPN thing because she works for a security firm. Um, that went flying off somewhere, and I was like on the floor still, like. I can find it, but I'm not going to right now. I'll find it tomorrow. And somehow, the morning after, I wasn't hungover. I don't know how I've done it. Incredible. And now, I've had two beers tonight. I'll be rough as bollocks tomorrow morning. <laughs> See, I, I find it very weird. Like, um, I, can, I can drink a few pints and I'll be fine. Uh, sorry, I can drink a few pints and be fucking ungodly to fuck. But on Saturday, I went out with a workmate and a former workmate. She's moved on to... Oh, right hand to the referee. Sorry there, Brian. Sorry, mate. Um, no, it's all right. Referee's out. He's yeah. out cold. Oh, he's not just out. He's just stomped on him as well. Oh, referee's just completely fucking dismantled the in, referee. In the, 
in the subtitles, there was the words neutral bus and out of context, I really need to know what the fuck that was about. Neutral uh, bus. Well, Macho's got a pin here, but no referee. So you were out with your work colleague and... And another, another colleague who's moved on to another Sainsbury's. And, yeah, I had one pint of course. And straight after, Nikki, that's the colleague that's moved on. She got a round of uh, Jaeger bombs in. Oh. And then her friend that was her, can't remember his name, got another round of Jaeger bombs. And then he came back with uh, a black sambuca and a tequila shot for me, as well as other shots for others, what they liked. Then Nicky came back with other Jaeger bombs. Then Nicole John came back with Jaeger bombs. And then I got fucking two two rounds of Jaeger bombs. I was absolutely fucked. I was out for two hours. I was absolutely fucked. And the yeah. next day, no hangover. Wow. Uh, yeah. But I'll go out and have four pints and I'll wake up with a banging head the next day. Maybe even feeling a bit sick. Fucking yeah, it's weird. the. I think it's the fermenting process in it. It's the, it's the way that they make it. Uh, yeah. Jaeger bombs Definitely. the fucking worst, man. The worst. Oh, I, w- I-, I actually said this on Facebook, and my nephew said, uh, he goes, Jaeger bombs aren't that bad. I'm like, yeah, but you're a young whippersnapper. You're 21 years old. I'm fucking nearly 33. <laughs> also, mean, the- also to uh, taking into account that I'm working bloody all over fucking, all over the place these days, but different hours, different days, and usually working on up and stuff with if- 40 hours a week regularly now yeah it's going to affect me a little bit more yeah I mean obviously age does factor into it but Jaeger bombs as a whole uh, energy drinks don't agree with me anyway uh, but Jaeger bombs as a whole are just not I, I've, I've drank them and I do drink them on the odd occasion Sambuca's the same I can't fucking stand it if it's a shot it's got to be like uh, aniseed whiskey or something like that Oh, Give me well, something like that. That's nice. Um, Mike, so this is me. I could be at the other end of a pub. I could be sat and I could have a friend there just coming out of the toilet at the opposite side and they'll say quietly shot and my ears prick up. And it's like, <laughs> whatever it is, I'll, I'm, I'm there. I'm at the bar. Shots, yep, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> I don't give a shit. If I'm in the mood and I hear shots, I, I'll have it. You can put a fucking shot of piss in front of me, I might end up drinking it. Challenge accepted. No, no, no please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> do a do-back, please. I don't, I don't want that out in the ether. Did you see that I uh, that I replaced my boss's coffee with gravy gran- granules this yes! week? Yes! You didn't. <laughs> I haven't posted the video. Um, and, then, and then I saw like a, another picture where your pants had a bit of splash in them and they say like, yeah, you didn't take, take it too kindly. Yeah, he threw the brew at me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, he threw it all at me. He'd had a slurp of it, he dipped three hobnobs into it and ate them. <laughs> yeah, mate, there's so much fucking context missing from their Instagram posts, I'm not even fucking joking. And then when I decided to tell him, well, I filmed the entire thing, obviously, as you do. Um, as I decided to tell him, I made sure that he was in earshot of the phone because obviously we're working a fucking like really loud factory. Um, you can hear it, <laughs> but I can't. I can't post it on the internet because it's insubordination. I get fucked for it. You know what I mean? Um, the photos are all right because nobody's in them, but if I put that on the internet, fuck me, I could get fired so much. Um, but yeah, I've got the video on my phone and 
he's, I'm like, how's that brew? And he says, why, what's wrong with it? I went, and I just started laughing. Uh, he says, it's milk off. I went, it's fucking gravy. He went, what? I went, it's gravy and milk. <laughs> and then I just burst out laughing. He's like, it's gravy? What the fuck? So I sort of fucking toddle off. He runs after me, catches up with me in canteen and just throws it on me. I've, I've stepped back, obviously, so it misses me and just hits me pant legs and me fucking boots. We all come out. He comes out with a brand new brew because obviously I made him a real brew. And he's like, what the fuck's in this then? I went, no, no, mate, that's that's an actual real brew. And he went, where the fuck did you get the gravy from? I went, it's in your locker. He went, that gravy's three years old. So that just made it even funnier. <laughs> Honestly, then he, he went, check the fucking sell-by date on it. It's 2018 for fuck's sake. <laughs> Ah, Jesus Christ, man. Oh, my God. But he were fine. He were fine about it. He took it pretty well. Uh, I haven't made him a brew since. Uh, I don't think he's going to ever trust you again. No. Usually, every morning, every morning he'll ask me for a brew. That works in your favour now because he'll be making all the brews. But then again, it probably works in his favour because he could just do whatever the fuck he wants and all. Oh, he don't make my brews. He don't make my brews. Oh, fucking (laughs) hell, dude. Yeah, uh, fun times. <laughs> love it, absolutely love it. Anyway, uh, we're back in the ring, and uh, Rick Flo's in a figure four leg lock, leg lock rather. Macho man, he's not asking for a brew. He's just slapping Rick Flo in the face. Oh, <laughs> kick in the face! I think he actually Jesus hit him. Christ! Right in the mush. How about that? Oh, I, I gotta say, I don't like Macho Man's tights here. And that's the first, because one half, it's got the blue and yellow. The other, the other half, it's, it's all the coloured ones, isn't it? Yeah. And if it were all blue like, and yellow, it'd be smart as fuck. Yeah, yeah. The other half, it, it, it's gone a little bit too far with the. With the and also, they're full of tassels as well, might I add. Yellow tassels, it just doesn't come off. He can pull anything off, but he's not pulling them off. Macho's going up. Oh, he's going up to the top of the cage. Oh, oh we're going to get an axe handle here. Oh, what a shame. Rick's up. Oh. No. Punching the stomach. Jesus. That's a big landing. He's almost gone through the other side of the cage. It always makes me wince when I see people underneath a cage like that you know the gap between the cage and the actual ring yeah it makes me wince and the reason why it, reason why it makes me wince is because you know the WWE cages when they actually uh, the, the current ones that is when they actually set them up they have little uh, little sockets on the side of the ring yeah right on the actual apron of the ring and there's like little spikes that actually clock into them and all that and I can't remember the, I think it was just a segment it weren't a match and Seth Rollins actually ran into the ring and as the ring was actually coming down he just missed getting hit by the spike Wow! it would have fucking gone right through him and ever since that to see someone's arm underneath a cage and I wince because it's like I know they're rigged and everything they're rigged up and they're secure and all that but it's kind of like if someone just accidentally, you know, the person that raised the cage just accidentally presses the button and it just comes down. 
That's going to fucking hurt. Yeah, of course it is. And and that's without the spikes. It's going to trap your arm. It's going to hurt. And it might yeah. do some severe damage. And Macho Man's already got one fucked up arm. Still. Trapped on the top rope here now. That was a very good sell. He just sells like a champion. These are these yeah. are the two best sellers in WCW right now, aren't they? And I'd they have absolutely no problem putting I'd over the I'd say two of the best sellers in history of wrestling as well. Yeah, two definitely. Of, if not. Because that sell, like usual when people get thrown into the cage, you just do the bounce back and fall into four. Not Macho Man. He just sells it like he's just been thrown into a wall. Yeah. And just like straight collapse on the top rope. Beautiful. Absolutely Beautiful. The pair of them are faced off against talent like Alex Wright. For, that's one of many examples. And they've just put them over. Like, Ric Flair was against Marcus Bagwell on the last episode of the Nitrogen podcast. And, and he, he gave it was, him a it was, it was It was Bagwell that fucked everything up. It wasn't It wasn't Flair. Flair was mm. selling like a fucking trooper. But, Obviously, you know that Flair's going to go over in the, yeah. in, in the sense of the biggest name and, and you know, the, the main storyline. But... The pair of them, both Macho and Rick, they they sell like fuck for yeah. the undercard for the undercard. The, the, these two are the people I'd build the company around, not fucking Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan that won't even give one man gang a moment. So the referee is wrestling with Fleur, pulling his ear now again to try and get him off the figure four the, because Macho's is, holding the cage, let alone the rope. So it's a rope break. Hell. This this seems to be a recurring thing. With Rick Flair at the moment, the ref's pulling on his fucking hair. It's no wonder he's fucking going bald these days. <laughs> it's not the fucking the bleaching of the hair. It's the ref pulling it out. Fucking poor guy. Well, I mean, he's asking for it anyway. He, he's yeah, the, the one whispering. So, oh, small small package. Only a that's who's whispering. Small package. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got to you've got to give it to Flair. I mean, that many people might have been um, pulling his hair and stuff like that, but he's he's got it, he's got to like seventy, and his his hair's only started falling out what like maybe a few years ago. Yeah, if you can get to sixty with full head of hair, I'll be all right with that. Oh, Flair's into it. Look at that bump. Yeah. See, and. Yeah, it, it, it's very similar to what I was saying about what wrestlers usually do where they just bounce back. But he doesn't take a flat back bump from it. He actually sells it like he's been fucking hit in the face and, you know, he shakes his head and just collapses. Yeah. Perfect. And he's done it. He did it twice, by the way. That's yeah. a spot I don't like in cage matches, by the way. The cheese grater. Yeah. If, if they're already bleeding, yes, brilliant. If they're not bleeding, don't do it because it's not gonna fucking hurt. It's just gonna feel it's gonna feel uncomfortable, but it's not gonna hurt. I mean, if you do it often enough, it's gonna make you bleed, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But Which generally, here, generally wouldn't they don't. surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if here they they're doing a bit of a blade spot. Oh Jesus Christ! Rick Floyd sneezes in the ring and he does a blade spot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell, it just reminded me of that bloody cage match that he had with, Rick, uh, with Randy Orton. Rick Flair, I don't think you ever saw that. I think I did, yeah. Yeah, that was the worst I've ever... And Rick Flair bleeds fucking badly, yeah. but that was the worst I've ever seen him. 
Anybody. And he is bleeding here, by the way. Yeah, I was, but, I was just trying to spot that. Yeah. I, I, spotted it a minute, I spotted it a minute ago when, before they went to turn. There we go. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a bit worse now. Oh, the flare flop. There we go. <laughs> Brilliant. The one thing about Rip Flair, though, is that because of this bleach bonder, the effect of the blood, it's yeah. magnificent. Yep. It makes it look so much worse than what it is. Oh, there we go. The Fleur ass is on show. I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But it only seems to work with Rip Flair as well. I mean, I've seen Dolph Ziggler bleed, and he's got Bleach Bonder, and he never has the same effect. It worked with it worked with Dusty Rhodes. Oh my god, I just seen Ric Flair's ass. Oh, for fuck's sake! Fucking hell, typical spot. His ass has to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> dear. He landed on the top rope, balls first with his ass hanging out. Jesus fucking Christ! Savage Rick. is on top, and it's oh yeah. It worked with Dusty Rhodes, and you know what I think it is. I've actually just realised what it is. Is that Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, they don't wet the hair. Yeah. They don't wet the hair. So when they actually bleed and it gets in the hair, it just soaks into it. it soaks, yep, yeah, you're right, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I think Tune that's in exactly next week right. into more unsold wrestling mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling's biggest secrets with Brian Bradshaw and Mark Ashworth. <laughs> Dye your hair blonde, but don't wet it before you come out. It'll make for a good blade job. <laughs> see, see, that's the thing. Like, we don't get blade jobs in WWE anymore. And Dolph Ziggler stopped wetting his hair when he has wrestling matches. He just lets it all hang. That guy that's needs to leave that company seriously. Oh yeah, he is so underrated. He's checked out of wrestling big time though. It's a shame. Yeah, he's still putting on good matches. Don't get me wrong, but you can tell he's like he's just checked out. He wants to do his like political oh, and his. Flair's ass stuff. is out again. Jesus Christ! He's <laughs> like, hang on a minute, we've done this spot. <laughs> like that's bordering on like we can see his fucking balls. Now, let alone his ass. Holy hell! Well, there, go- well, there goes my roast chicken for tomorrow night. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Rick. He loves his own ass. What are you saying there, Brian? Are you not an ass man? Boop, boop. I'm an ass man. No, I'm not an ass man. But what I'm saying is he loves his own ass. Like, he he was still doing this when he was in, in WWE later on in his career, just fucking flashing his ass at any given moment. He loves his own ass. It just gets... It doesn't get heat, but it gets... It, gets, it, gets it evokes a reaction, doesn't it? All that. Yeah. Macho took a bit of a, a sick bump in between the uh, ropes and the cage off the top. Uh, Rick's just going to try and... Rick Flair just got chucked into the cage. He sells and he starts climbing. Yeah, he's just thinking, I need out of here, you know. He's the only person that could get away with doing that. If that were Hulk Hogan, people would be pissed off, but Rick Flair is like, no, it's desperation. The, the cage door is opened. No wonder with that fucking rusty chain. I, yeah, we're going to say, I don't know how, I don't know who's done it. Uh, the referee has decided to close it again. Um, that an accident? I think it was, yeah. There were nobody there apart from... The, the camera, camera panned out. That's bizarre. That's absolutely bizarre. It's almost as if that fat cameraman there, because Liz was absolutely nowhere near that door, that fat cameraman decided, I'm going to open this door. And we've panned out. We've stayed panned out for at least... 
30 seconds here now. Oh, longer than that. It's a good minute at this point. This is bizarre. So we've missed something here. We must have. Well, we've got Elizabeth on that side, but she weren't in that corner. No. Not what I saw, anyway. No, it was woman, so we've got. No, no, you were right with Elizabeth. Woman's oh, on the other side. No, they fucking both wearing the same So we've got powder. Team. Powder in the hand. Macho is in between. Oh, and she's missed. Yeah, but, so you've got woman on the TV side. You've got... Uh, sorry, you've got Elizabeth on the TV side. Yeah. Taking her heels off. There we go. The door is opened. The oh, heel she, is in. She's giving it to Ric Flair. Yeah. The turn's on. The tights are held. The pin is down. The referee's noticed. One, two, and it's a kick out. Ref uh, Ric Flair's still got the shoe in his hand. Boom! Straight in the face. A stiletto for the macho man. And we're going to see one, two, three. Ric Flair is the new WCW champion in the cage. Thanks to Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth has put the fucking screw in this one, hasn't she? Wow. What has happened here? For the first team's time, Elizabeth has turned on Savage. Oh. I think it's the 13th time that Ric Flair is the World Heavyweight Champion. And it seems that Liz... Oh, and Rick, uh, Arn Anderson's joining the celebrations already. He's in. Elizabeth, the woman, very, very delighted with themselves. The door's open. Hulk Hogan's out. Hulk Hogan's here. Going after women. Yeah, you you, you be like that, you fucking... Well, it's, with a chair, really. Well, well, to be honest, it's not the first time Hulk Hogan's gone after Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, it won't be the last time. Oh, fucking hell. I'm going right into personal bloody stories here. I hope she was classier than to jump on that fucking... Arn takes a big chair shot from Hulk Hogan. Ric Flair is out of dodge. Arn underneath... Oh, he's fucked that up a little bit. He's, put, he's trying to right. escape. Oh. Honestly, if that get-up wasn't ridiculous enough before the bloody uh, strap match earlier, he's actually put his dress shirt back on. So he actually came to, tea, uh, to, to the pay-per-view dressed in that. Yeah. What are you thinking, Owen? Even for the 90s, that's bad. Hulk Hogan explaining that it was Liz's shoe in Macho Man's face that's won him the fucking title. Well, well won Ric Flair the title. Isn't the cage match no DQ anyway? Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I'd go for Ma personally. Mind you, of all the matches that have severe inconsistencies, it is the cage match. Yeah. No so woman goes, highlights the woman's got the powder... Macho ducks the powder. Liz is taking her shoes off. I thought she was ready to go for it with woman. It turns out she's in to give Ric Flair the stiletto. And while Ric Flair is pulling his trunks up, <laughs> gives, gives the macho man the stiletto to the face. And that's it. It's Ric Flair as the new world heavyweight champion. That's two title reigns. In 1996, we've had Randy Macho Man Savage... Two title reigns. Ric Flair, two title reigns. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's name is still on the belt. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to say that next week. He's like, you know something, brother? My name's still on that belt, brother. You know, with me, Gene. I'm sick of this dude. 
Matt Shaw's selling the eye. Notice how Hulk Hogan's not selling any eye, though. Oh, yeah, he is. He's got a little patch on his yeah, eye. Yeah, he's got a little patch. It's... A little plaster, a little boo-boo plaster. So, from where that plaster is located, he's selling it like he was cut beneath the eye. But when he actually, uh, when he actually got hit with the stiletto on Nitro, it was well above that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the blood was coming from the eyebrow, weren't it? Yeah. Heenan and Skiavon, as well as Dusty Rhodes, didn't think for one moment that Liz was going to become involved. Pro Ric Flair. There's That's how you this. sell a heel. There's more to this story, and hopefully we'll find out live on WCW Monday Nitro. This coming Monday... You know what it is, don't you? She went for a ride on Space Mountain! Woo! Yes. Just wait for the 1999 promos between Sting and Ric Flair. Space Mountain was on Viagra! (laughs) (laughs) That's what Sting's like. Those are the promos that he he cuts on Ric Flair. It's awesome. Oh my god. I just noticed my worries more like Owen Hart rather than Rick Flair. Well, you know something, brother? The last thing I thought was Liz was step macho in the back, brother. Maybe it goes back four years ago when they separated legally. Oh, Maybe it goes back to things I don't understand. But as far as I'm concerned, brother, macho indistinct. Elizabeth is a turn <laughs> Flair has gotten Nietzsche and everybody that's gotten his path, brother. As far as I'm concerned, brother, Liz put that spike in the macho's eye. And if you think about it, brother, a week ago her shoe came off pretty darn easy when Fleur jabbed me in the eye, brother. What you gonna do, brother, when industry runs wild on you? (laughs) Oh, man. I'm not doing another one. Fuck that shit. Don't bother. I like that shirt though. I hate Hulk Hogan, but I like that shirt. It's better than the just the generic yellow and, and Hulkster on that. But that that tie dye yeah, shirt what, is actually really cool. Yeah, a lot better than fucking uh, WWE's version. This actually that shirt looks like Watford's new home shirt. Oh, excellent. Yeah, except it's sort of red black. That's something to look up. Awful shirt. It doesn't look right for a football shirt. I think Blackburn are going to be the last team to fucking announce a football shirt, aren't they? They're playing naked next week. Oh, you don't fucking say. (laughs) They're announcing, what did they announce today? Oh, yeah, the the fixture list is going to come out in uh, a week's time. It's like, it's all well and good knowing who who we're going to face, but not knowing how we're going to face them in terms of clothing arrangements. This match is unsanctioned. The referee will be outside of the cage when Hogan and the Giant enter and the door will be closed. Ladies and gentlemen, we promised it. So. The double main event, double cage here at Super Bowl. Truly something else. With that in mind, let's get back to the ring with Michael W. Buffer. Right. The double cage is a false advertisement. You're still advertising it, but it's one single cage. When you said double cage, it's WCW of all companies. You're going to think... Ooh, war games. Yeah, you were thinking war games, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
even though technically it's not a double cage, it's just like one big fucking cage. It's more double rings, but that's where your mind goes. Yeah. I mean, my mind went there as well. So, I, I don't blame you at all. Let's get ready to rumble! The amount of money WCW must have paid him because he's yeah, it, not he just pay-per-views, then he's on Nitro. Yeah, you got... I think... I remember reading about Bash of the Beach 2000 and just that for one match I think he announced in that he got paid like 1.5 million dollars oh I don't think it was that much I think I think oh, the mu- no that's what I read the, I think I read the maximum I think the maximum he charged was 500k something Fucking like hell. that which no, is I've, ridiculous really well I'm misremembering because I think he were like he, he got charged up for the night he didn't just do the one match I think right. he did like several, so he got paid like for each match. But yeah, still a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. And in that particular time, he wasn't really just putting any effort in. He was just phoning it in. I think he phones it in anyway. He's just got a voice, a voice of the gods, and and he trademarked. Let's get ready to rumble, didn't he? So. Fun, funnily enough, though, uh, one thing I heard about uh, Michael Buffer is what, uh, when he just goes, "Let's get ready to like that." Somebody said, like, yeah, he's just thinking of the new car he's going to buy with all that money. <laughs> That's why he's just going... <laughs> I do like Michael Buffer, you know. Yeah. I love Bruce Buffer. I'm not a UFC fan, but I love Bruce Buffer. Yeah. He just puts so emphasis in it. Fighting! You know, like, just saying that, like, emphasis on fighting. It's like, yeah, you'd be brilliant in wrestling, mate. He is the king of Hulkamania. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. The dive the tried that he fucking gives Hulk Hogan. That's the only thing I don't like. Because he has to fucking give so many adjectives and nouns. It's, fuck off. We don't need that. Oh, boy. Oh, he, <laughs> he nearly fucked that up, didn't he? You know, look at the adjective, brother. Ugh, fuck off. We don't need any all this. It's, this is it's, going to be really difficult with one eye. Fucking hell. Is that us or Hulk Hogan? Can I tell you something? I could close my eyes and this is still going to be a difficult watch. <laughs> it's fucking Hulk Hogan versus a big green giant. <laughs> green oh, giant! Oh, oh. <laughs> Green, Green giant. giant. <laughs> <laughs> if I needed any synchronization thing for the editing process, it's the Green Giant bit. <laughs> oh, did you just notice the fucking um, subtitle? You just mentioned Andre. But oh. it, we're in all capitals, but except the E was in a non capital with the uh, slant fucking thing on top of it. I can't remember what they call it. Oh, an apostrophe. Yeah, it's like an apostrophe, but it's not. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. It's uh, like an accent, isn't it? Yeah, it's axon. Ag, 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 I can't remember the fucking name of it. But yeah. Um, so it's Andre? Yeah. It's not. It's Andre. <laughs> Andre. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, you just sounded like Buddy. Uh, 
Bruce Pritchard's fucking impression of uh, Jim Ross. Oh. Her. Shut the fuck. Her. Her. <laughs> Apparently, Jim Ross fucking hates that. Does he? Yeah. He were on, He actually went on a diatribe on uh, Grilling JR once to Conrad just saying, I've not once said Sasha Flash once in my life. <laughs> and I also don't go, her. her. But it's just kind of like, it's just an imaginative thing. It's like, everyone that mocks fucking Michael PSAs just goes, doot, doot, doot. He doesn't actually say doot, 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 right like that. Yeah. It's just what they imagine they fucking say. You know what? I still, to this day, don't know what PS means, but I just assume it means piece of shit. Piece of shit. Piece That's of shit. the one I'd have gone for. Yeah, he is a piece of shit. Yeah. Fucking Michael Hayes. You know what? He he could get... If fucking the likes of the Hardy Boys and Edge of Christian really wanted to, they didn't have respect for him, they could fucking get him into a lot of fucking shit, you know? Because all them ladder matches and all that, he was the one telling them to jump off the ladder. And all that. He was the one fucking booking their matches. Prick. Well, I mean... I mean, they were effective, but the amount of injuries that they had, you know, because obviously they were young and they were eager, so they were just going to do what they were fucking told. If they wanted to, they could... They could. Edge could just say, like, yeah, I fucking lost years of my career because of them fucking matches and because you were telling me to do them. Now we're only doing them because you were fucking telling me to do, to do them, like, you know. Yeah, but look at how much fucking money they made. I know exactly, but that's what—that's the only reason why you don't get in fucking shit. And the other thing about that as well, you need to remember is like they, prime they example still, is one of these people in the ring it. now. Hulk Hogan can't stay away from the limelight. People like no. Edge, all right, yeah, fair enough. He came—he came back in Royal Rumble, and he—you know—he might have had a match since, and he might have another. He's match. had a couple of matches. He's ended up with Tom Peck, so yeah. But he's—he's he's not going to be—he's not going to be like Hulk Hogan, like come back every fucking year. You know what I mean? No, less no, he's is not. more. In wrestling, less is exactly. more. And if guys exactly. have to retire early, you know, and guys who sadly pass away, Brian Pillman's a prime example, you know, you're revered in death. It's the same in music. It's the exact same in music. Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, revered in death, all of them. You know, it's just it's just the way that it's the way that society is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if you if you're famous, Jay Goody. Jade Goody. I know, fucking hell. Do you know what I mean? Like, and she became like the 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 the, the poster child of of, of smear tests and I'm, all I'm, that sort I'm, of stuff. I'm, I'm, we're not taking piss out of Jade Goody by any means. It's just the fact that all she really her claim to fame was I was in Big Brother. That's it, you know. And her her death, it was sad. It was a very sad decline, and you wouldn't wish cancer on anybody. I mean, I've I've lost my father to cancer for fuck's sake, and. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. So no, don't take light in what we're saying. We're not taking light in Jay Goody's death. It's just the fact that she was inconsequential. No, but she she made is a racist or anti-Semitic marks on Big Brother. Yeah, and shit like that as well. And and she was she was downgraded for that reason. But then she got cancer, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, she's a hero. Yeah. So just, yeah, we're not we're not taking light in that. We're just not. It, it's not about the counts at the end of the day. It's just the fact that you know she, by all accounts, she wasn't a nice person, and if it weren't for Big Brother, she would have no fame. And yeah. Big Brother, you know, Big Brother fame is ridiculous in itself. I mean, I know there's people that have actually gone on and actually done something with that fame that 
they deserve it. But apart from just being just a, you know, Johnny Normandy just staying in the house for a couple of fucking months and being documented for it, it's like... Well, fuck me. We've all fucking done that, haven't we, over the past four months, so... <laughs> Big yeah, Brother ain't got nothing on us. Exactly. Why don't we fucking compile our Instagram stories and make fucking Big Brother out of that? <laughs> Day 47 in Brian's house. <laughs> well, to be fair, I've been working throughout it, so... Yeah, yeah. Jesus. So, slow slow action here on, on, the, uh, on the old telly box. Big elbow drop attempted by the giant. But yeah, it's all very slow. It's all very la 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 la. But Hulk's gonna have a bit of a comeback. He's another one, you see, you know, everybody seems to forget that Hulk Hogan used the N-word multiple times four yeah. years ago on a radio show, especially when it pertained to his daughter, saying his daughter, you know, had better come home with a rich so and so. Four years later, oh, yeah, everything's forgotten. Don't worry about it. A guy will be reviewed in death, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, well, here's the thing as well, is that there were multiple people that came out and said that his apology to the locker room wasn't an apology. No. Yeah. You know, Kofi Kingston, yep. Big E, Xavier Woods, Titus O'Neil, those are four people that came out and said that he wasn't apologising for what he said. He was apologising that we were offended. That's not yep. an apology. Yep. And Titus O'Neil was the only one that said that I'm willing to forgive because, you know, that's who I am as a person. Because he is. Titus O'Neil, by all accounts, he is such a good person. The shit that he does for charities and all sorts, he, he's just pure. He's just a wholesome guy. And he just kind of, like, forgave it for what it is. Just saying, like, he, he just said, like, his apology was bullshit, but he knew he felt like he meant well at the same time. So he forgave him for that. But Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Big E, there were fewer people just saying, like, I don't forgive him. Don't forgive him. Because he's not sorry for it. He's sorry that we got offended, and that's not an apology. Well, maybe this is a controversial statement, but when the whole Black Lives Matter thing came out and everything like that, and, you know... Um many TV shows decided to pull episodes and TV shows decided to completely pull the seasons and then all these actors and actresses came out and said oh we shouldn't have done this you shouldn't have done that we shouldn't have done blackface we shouldn't have blah 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 blah. it's the exact same with them they were doing damage limitation they were doing damage limitation on their own reputation on their brand on their future endeavours when it comes to getting another gig in acting and they said, oh, we're really sorry. We're really sorry that we did that. No, mate, no. no. Four years ago, ten years ago, you knew what you were doing. You exactly. knew what you were doing. And I'm I'm a firm advocate when it comes to comedy, right? There are no lines in comedy. There shouldn't be at all, in, in my personal opinion, right? If you don't like it, don't watch it, don't listen to it, whatever. Everybody's got the limit. I've got a limit, right? But I believe that comedy is for everyone, okay? Yeah. And to... to, to to come out with statements like, oh, we're really sorry. Anton Deck did it, didn't they? They took the piss out of somebody on Saturday night. Yes, they did, yeah. Um, fairly recently. We're talking like maybe two or three years ago. And it's like, oh, we're really sorry. We shouldn't have done you're that. Not, you're not sorry. Three you're years ago. Pandering. You're also pandering. That's it. And it's like, I, I saw shit like that. And people were just like, oh, yeah, I forget. And then fucking David Schumer would just, he made a statement on his Instagram. And... He, he, he calls these comments off, but it, I just saw a lot of heat for him to saying that, 
you know, it all for the same thing saying, oh yeah, he's not fucking sorry because he he knew that he was in a show that wasn't very diverse. I mean, it were it was six oh, white that, people. I and can't all. even I can't right. even start but, with that. But the thing is with David Swimmer though, and it's a well known thing from back in the fucking day of Friends, he was always an advocate for diversity. He was the reason why. Uh, what's her name? Um, Fucking hell, I forgot his bloody name. Uh, Aisha Tyler was in Friends and was his girlfriend because that's what he wanted. He said that I should be dating a black person. My character should be dating a black oh, person. Oh, she was the fellow scientist, wasn't she? Yeah, in season two. Dude, he she was her... hot. Yeah, she still is. Um, <laughs> in season two, he was dating a Chinese woman. That was all to David Schwimmer. That was David Schwimmer's doing. Just yeah. saying that I know this young actress, she could do a job, bring her in, I'll date her, you know, have Ross date her. That's the kind of thing he fucking did. The rest of them can fuck off for all I'm concerned because, like, for me, it just seems pretty false because I've never heard any stories of them doing the same. But David Schwimmer, by all accounts, he always advocated for diversity. He was the reason that they had a lesbian fucking uh, wedding in the show. Before, before this is funny, in 1996, they had a lesbian wedding before fucking um, it became into war. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, yeah. That, that's funny. But that's all he's doing because he pushed for that kind of shit. You know? Okay, I mean... It, it's I fucking ca- sad that people like him will get tired of that brush because he start, started the show. But when he was actually advocating for it, for fucking that more diverse roles. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just can't I can't get into the argument that, you know, Friends was not diverse and all that sort of stuff. A, a show that was on in 1996. I'm sorry, but I'm just not having it. I'm not having it. I, I'm, in today's society, yeah, fair enough. If you're making a TV show now, you've got to be diverse. You should look at everybody as equal and everything like that. But Friends, yeah. you know, I, I just can't. I... There's certain things that don't live up. You know, and, and as time there's certain on, things that don't you know, age well. Yeah, right? exactly. Things but, things aren't going to age well, but then there were a lot of things that friends friends was doing at the time that wasn't known. Like like I say, the lesbian wedding, like yeah. that was a very fucking progressive thing. Yeah, a very yeah. progressive thing. Yeah, they didn't have you know a lot of black people, and in hindsight, they probably wish that they did have more black people. And yeah, in hindsight, they probably didn't want to, you know, they probably shouldn't have had a guy dress up in drag, uh, sorry, a woman uh, portray a fucking transgender man as a woman in his, in Chandler's dad. You know, I can't remember who fucking did that now. But, you know, all that kind of thing. They're saying that they probably wouldn't have done that now. But it's like, you're talking in fucking hindsight. You still fucking did it. Just own up and say, yeah, we did that. You know, yeah. it wouldn't. You know, it it might not work today, but the fact of the matter is, it's just because it. there's so many categorizations, there's so many things that you can do wrong in today's society that, you know, the TV show, if that was coming out today and it was brand new, it wouldn't work. It's as simple as that because, you know, there's so so much categorization now. In two in 1996, there wasn't that categorization. It's no. a very, it's a much simpler life in 1996, and now it isn't. Things are very complicated in today's society. Yeah, and but everybody's got because, a problem with everything as well. Yeah, everything's th- got to be grouped. Don't get me, 
and don't get me wrong, we're not fucking saying, like, we're not against it like that, because I'm not, you know, we're very progressive people. No, like, yeah, like, of course, be yourself. Fuck me, that, the side of that cage nearly went and fucking through we, there. We, we understand that back back then, it's kind of like people were just silent about things, because if they, if they spoke up, they would have been judged. And fucking, yes, of course, he would have been judged and all that. But obviously, but because of all these categorizations, which they are in the right to do, and don't get me wrong, we are, we are in the right to do, it does make it a lot harder, the fact that, you know, we could just, just say somebody's, you know, we could refer to somebody on Twitter and just say, oh, he or she, and then they get offended by it because that's not how, how you know, how how they identify. They might, they might just identify as they or, you know, what have you, which, again, you're not full support of, uh, it's just that you've got to look at it from our perspective. It's like because we're so used to way of things being as the you know as they are, we we are going to judge books by a cover. And instead of just coming out and shouting at us for doing that, just saying like you know, calm would just say, look, you know, that's not how I identify. You know, obviously you don't know. Just like it's it's what we're saying is it's a two way street. If you want people to learn and you want people to to you know to to progress, to be progressive and all that, you've got to educate. You can't just fucking scream at people all the time. It doesn't work. Obviously, the Black Lives Matter, it's different because they've been advocating for equal rights for fucking years, and in America, particularly in America, they're still struggling for that. So, of course, they're going to push to the edge, they're pushed to the hilt of their fucking sanity at this point, where they're just screaming for it now because they haven't been listened, you know, but... You've got to educate before you get to that point. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's like it, it's same with veganism. People fucking scream at you and say, "No, oh, uh, you know, animal cruelty and all this shit. Murder, uh, murdering animals is wrong. You know, you should be fucking vegan." It's all like it's human nature just to turn around and say, "You know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna eat more animals." It's yeah. it's you know, up it's, to. It's up it's to anybody nature. to make their own decisions. It's exactly, as well. and I, I, I speak to other. I, I've got a few vegan friends who don't do that. They just say like they're not even pushing me to say this, but I'm more inclined to speak to them about it and learn about it and then make a choice of my own accord. And don't get me wrong, it's like I'm not a vegan now. But when vegan sausage rolls went into Greg's, uh, that's a, a a big bakery chain for people that outside the UK don't know about. When when they started having vegan sausage rolls, instead of being a fucking Pierce Morgan and were just screaming bloody murder about it, I went to fucking tried one. I gave them my money. I tried one, and you know what? It ain't all that fucking bad. And yeah, if, you, like to, if, yeah. if 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 you feel like you can adjust your diet and to say, okay, instead of getting a fucking sausage roll, you know, I'll get a vegan sausage roll. Then you know what? You actually are contributing by changing just by doing that. And people don't seem to realise that. They're just saying, like, oh, yeah, he's just going to go back and get another sausage roll. Maybe not. They'd probably go back and fucking eat a vegan sausage roll instead of a normal sausage roll. Right. And it's all because of, like, oh, fucking hell, there's a cluster fucking the rain. Yeah, we, we're, we're fucking talking over way too much here now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much for Watch Along. Um, the entire Dungeon of Doom's come out. Hulk Hogan is just whacking every single one of them with a chair. The finish was basically Hulk Hogan's given three leg drops, attempted to get out of the cage. Giant came up. Uh, just rose up like the Undertaker usually does. Um, went up as Hulk Hogan was trying to get out of the top of the cage. Hulk Hogan sent him back down, crashing. Hulk Hogan got out of the cage. Kevin Sullivan whacked him with a chair on the outside. And now Hulk Hogan is cleaning house of the Dungeon of Doom after Hulk had got Kevin Sullivan into the cage. Um, and also, so much we were saying that Hulk Hogan... Here he is! Clear. Here he is! Loch Ness! 
Giant A stacks. I didn't know this happened. Dressed in a burgundy fucking... What looks like... Look at the size overalls. of that fucker. Oh, he's huge. I want him next to the giant. Fucking Shark is holding him back. Like, not letting him get in the ring is causing... See, this is the thing that's happening with the Dungeon of Doom way too much lately. It's that in, instead of just fighting, they're selling the threat of fucking this racist hot dog man in Hulk Hogan. They're just selling him as a legitimate threat instead of just like, you know what? By all accounts, go and fucking destroy him. They keep holding the giant back. Now they're holding fucking Loch Ness back. It's like, don't hold him back. Yeah. Actually, yeah. now that I'm saying that, it's actually doing something for Loch Ness is in that he's fighting them off. He's yeah. actually like, you know, you know what, I can overpower you. That's good. But my point fucking still stands. This, I don't like. Oh, no, he's given up. Pointless. What does that do for him? Well, I mean, yeah, if somebody's coming at you with a chair, but everybody's restricting you, you're kind of fucking fighting a lost cause, aren't you, really? Yeah. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I, I understand what they're doing from a production standpoint. They're teasing it, aren't they? They're teasing, like, you've got to tune into Nitro because you never know what's going to happen. That sort of thing. Tune off the pay-per-view, tune into Nitro, something's going to happen next week. But Loch Ness is teasing that he's going to get his hands on Hulk Hogan. Um, but it, it, it's made redundant by the fact that they do this every fucking week. It just the de- the debut of Dangerous Devon Storm. Do you know who that is? Devon Storm is that Crowbar? Crowbar, yes. Yes, I've heard that name before. So he'll be on Nitro tomorrow. Obviously, that will be our episode next week. So we'll that, be covering that, that next week. And that my prefix. He's what? He's stolen my prefix. Dangerous. Oh right. <laughs> Twat. <laughs> In 1996, mate. Really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my uncle was calling me that when I was four years old. Ah, oh, and that's it. We get credits at the end of the pay-per-view. Um, Neil Pruitt, the voice of the NWO. We've got so many, so many names here that you're going to you hear time and time again on the 83 weeks. It's podcast. weird to see credits at the end of a pay-per-view. Yes, it is, yeah. At the end of it, basically, the uh, Dungeon of Doom have, have gone up to the entranceway and left Hulk Hogan to sort of showboat to the crowd and I have got to apologise because obviously half of this has been skipped over by us just talking shit and and putting the world's wrongs to rights Uh, but we hope that you've uh, enjoyed it at least a little bit if anything it's got you talking about things and maybe we'll get some feedback on Twitter and Facebook it's got us talking about anything but fucking wrestling at times pretty much yeah (laughs) In, in all honesty there were points today where I forgot we were fucking recording uh yeah, <laughs> a little bit. David Crockett, executive producer, senior vice president, Eric Bischoff. So yes, you are responsible for quite a bit of this shit show. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's the end of the pay per view. Uh, I, I was going to ask what you thought about it, but <laughs> not even. Right, there's sure. a reason. There's a reason why we're talking about everything but the fucking pay per view because the pay per view was poor. Very poor, and we're not. We're going to acknowledge that there were a, few, a couple of good matches. Match of Man Rick for excellent for cage match standards. It were excellent. They actually sold the fucking the actual cage itself, which honestly people just don't tend to do very well these days, or ever really. They sold the the cage well. They actually fucking sold the cage like it actually hurt instead of just falling on the floor, you know. 
Um, but yeah, great match, you know, great, just great wrestling in general in that match. Uh, and, and brilliant twist at the end. Even though I had a good idea at some point Elizabeth was going to turn. But very good twist. Um, yeah, and apart from that, the Johnny B. Bad DDP match wasn't all that bad. It was were, it were good. I, I did say that we have seen a lot of it all before. We have, but the ending to it, it was really, 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 really well played. Even though they fucked it up a little bit. But they, they recovered it. And to the untrained eye, no one, you know, they wouldn't notice that. They wouldn't notice that fuck up. They wouldn't notice that they, they tried to do a finish, it failed, and then they tried again. Um, yeah, apart from that, there's just nothing to write home about with this pay-per-view. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> so that's the reason why we talked over quite a lot of it. But to be fair, I mean, I, 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 I'm fairly confident that what we were talking about kind of related to the subject anyway. Obviously, the Black Lives Matter thing came up because Hulk Hogan said the N-word too many times. Um, we talked quite a bit of st- One about too many Sting times. in the Sting match. And I know we veered off uh, or we veered off during Diamond Dallas Page because Randy Orton. So, okay, or <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm just justifying us just fucking going off on a tangent. But basically, uh, it's been nearly three hours. I'm going to cut this off, you know, before we surpass three hours. Thank you very much, guys, for listening in. If you have carried on all the way through this uh, podcast, please uh, accept our deepest apologies. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, if anything, it's uh, if you if you watch the pay per view along, it's kind of like you, you're involved in just having like it, it's just like having friends round for a beer and watching the pay per view. Except we're just not there because we're in fucking quarantine, guys. You know that's pretty much it. Yeah, and it's 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 Super Bowl. You know, uh, we wanted to we wanted to do a watch along. We wanted to uh, get one out there, and this is going to be the longest podcast that we've ever done. It's probably going to be the long longest podcast that we'll ever do again. Uh, but we will be doing more watch-alongs. We're obviously going to carry on with the Nitrogen podcast, which will be uh, the similar, familiar format. Of course, to come is the Loch Ness Monster and uh, the debut of Devon Storm as well on the next Nitrogen podcast, which will be next week. This uh, has obviously dropped on Thursday. Next Thursday, back to the normal scheduled programming. Uh, kind of looking forward to it a little bit, actually, Brian. Yes, same here. And hey... Um... Oh, so this is something a little bit different. We're—I wouldn't even say that we're out of our comfort zone at this point because we've already done one watch along, and it unfortunately uh, completely fucked up on us. But uh, and, and I sadly, I sadly called that my favorite episode yet because what we talked about—we had such a good laugh throughout that. It was, I reckon if we can revive that, it'll probably be one of our better received episodes so far. Um, so I am touching wood that we can revive it um yeah this is again it's out of our comfort zone we are going to just like talk about other things at times because sometimes the wrestling on the screen isn't that great um so apologies for that it is what it is but if you have any other wcw pay-per-views coming up that you reckon that we should do a watch along for that you think would be interesting um spoiler we do have one planned already uh, that's incoming you could probably guess which one it is but uh, yeah stay tuned but if you have any have any any pay-per-views coming up that you think that we should do a watch on for just hit us up on the twitter on facebook on instagram on reddit email what, what wherever you can just hit us up and we will take it in consideration 
there you are. At NitrogenCast is what you need to search for. We're all over the place. If you don't know that by now, then you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, exactly. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Nitrogen Podcast. Check the light, fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm not the world champion anymore. It's Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, don't dig it.